This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Good morning, 6.04 here on a Wednesday, and it's the opening kickoff for the next three hours right here on the sports station WNSP and WNSP.com. You guys can jump in as always, 694-1055, hit us up in the app, WNSP.com. Speaking of, uh, we're streaming, that's right, go to uh, WNSP Now right there, wherever you get your favorite podcast, you can listen to us to your heart's content. Um, Lee Trevanian, good morning. Good morning. Not a uh, good night for Boston fans, for sure. While the uh, Braves were beating up on the Red Sox at truest 9-3, to the Celtics were getting laced by the Sixers on their home floor yesterday. And as a result, the uh, Sixers take a three games to two lead. And in the other uh, game last night, the semifinals of the West, the home team prevails once again for the fifth time as Nokic, the triple-double, shook hands with the Phoenix Suns owner before the game. All is well, we think. And then he goes out and has a fantastic game, his 10th triple-double in postseason, and that sets a record for NBA centers. So uh, the Nuggets in the driver's seat, although they go to Phoenix, and now the Sixers can clinch and get over the hump against the Celtics when they host them uh, tomorrow night. Some of the other... Uh, By the sp- way, speaking of Jokic, did you see that stat? I figured you, you of all people, would appreciate he's the second player in NBA history with 300 points, 100 rebounds, and 75 assists through the, his first 10 games of a postseason. Do you know who the other guy is? Chamberlain. Negative. All right. Then we would go to... Magic? Nope. LeBron. Definitely not. Oh. <laughs> Oscar Robertson in 1963. I figure that answer was right up your alley there, Lee. Listen to you, Mr. Statman. I know. I'm throwing it right back at you. Jeez. I don't win anything today, that's for sure. No, but Just that's a uh, pie that's, in the face. That's one of your guys, right? Oscar Robertson? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Super, super basketball player for sure. And it's like today, you look at some of the records that are broken. It's always either Will Chamberlain or Oscar Robertson. All right, uh, a couple of other stories today. Uh, locally, they're going to dedicate uh, dedications today for the new football stadiums Woo-hoo! at LaFleur and Viger. Very cool. And then tomorrow at Davidson. And LaFleur's got a game coming up against Blunt Spring Game. We'll talk to their coach tomorrow. But today at LaFleur at 10 a.m., the dedication for the new high school football stadium. And in the Viger, it'll be at 1.30 this afternoon. Still to come, Davidson, that'll be tomorrow. And then next week, or in two weeks, I'm sure, uh, BC Rain will have the deca- dedication of their new stadium. A story that will be starting today, but will take on a lot of legs tomorrow and will permeate pretty much as the NFL schedule. Uh, they've already announced the host teams for the international games, Mark. And, of course, as you pointed out, the uh, international games will be announced today and then tomorrow, slowly but surely, as they'll work their way through the day and get to a two-hour special tomorrow night on the NFL schedule. Their PR machine is second to none. Yeah, as of uh, what I saw, already, Schefter already tweeting out, Jaguars and Bills in London, October 8th, Ravens and Titans in London, October 15th, for those that are just chomping at the bit to get tickets. 
the uh, teams that you mentioned, Buffalo, you got Tennessee, you got Jacksonville, Kansas City, and New England will be hosting international games. So that will be known today. And then tomorrow, believe it or not, they're going to start at CBS Morning Show <laughs> with releasing some of the games. It's amazing. They're going to take it the entire day. And then ESPN2 will have a two-hour special on Thursday night to tell you about the uh, NFL schedule. Interesting story I was telling Mark about. Uh, because we have Bernie Carbo coming on, and Bernie's got a uh, fantasy camp coming into Mobile shortly, and he's going to have that at Spring Hill College. Bernie played for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers and also obviously used to go to games there as a member of a few teams. But Mookie Betts of the Dodgers, as the Dodgers are playing in Milwaukee, has refused to stay at this four-star hotel, which is an iconic hotel. I guess it was 1893. It goes back to it's called the Fister Hotel because he claims it's haunted. So now, does he claim it is, or like it's just known that this is a haunted place? He's heard. Okay. He's heard. He, How do you get a four-star rating with the with the word out that your place is haunted? Perhaps people want to stay there because, because of it's that. Haunted. Yeah. Have you ever had any experience where you thought? No, and it wouldn't. I wouldn't buy into it anyway. But I've told you before. The former co-host of one of the co-hosts of this show claims his house that he bought here in Mobile before he left was haunted. And he used to give me examples. Uh, you could check back with uh, – I, I check with Jane of our staff. Uh, she's told me that, uh, she, that she believes – I don't know if it was her house or another one that was haunted. And Buki said, look, I don't want to be sleeping in this hotel hearing noises thinking the supernatural. So he moves to what is it? Air, Air, Airbnb. Yeah, yeah, that's where he's staying now. So it must have helped out because he had a, a home run in the series, I think, the first game against the uh, Brewers. But uh, Mookie doesn't want any part of it. And we just happened to schedule Bernie Carbo today, and I'm curious if he knows anything about the Fister Hotel. Do you, hey, Nick, have you ever stayed in a place that was considered haunted, or have you had any, have you had any experiences with the supernatural? Mm, no, I don't really believe in that. Hmm. I can't say I've ever had any uh, experience I haven't either, with that. and I've heard stories. Like I said, the guy, Brian Straw was his name. He claimed the house he bought here in Mobile while he was short-lived stint uh, was haunted. Hmm. The, the only thing that's supernatural that I deal with in a day-to-day -day basis is how accurate I am when it comes to uh, making my guarantees. What was, the what was the latest guarantee? That the Sixers were going to go to the finals. I made that back when were they were they tied one one when I said that. I don't know. Yeah, Y'all looked that at me like I was crazy. Well, we here they are, the by far the favorites to go to the finals. You ever notice how he jumps on the bandwagon? Um, like originally, let's be honest about it. I mean, if we're going to blow our horn all the time, and that's all you apparently Doo -doo. do, uh, you and I both picked Phoenix to reach the finals against Milwaukee. So that was the, that was it, okay? And then, of course, after Milwaukee fell by the wayside. That, that was a prediction, though, Lee. This is a guarantee. This was a guarantee. Like how I guaranteed that Alabama wouldn't go to the Elite Eight. No. I'm just this saying. This is just look, turning into the— uh, you, you even guy said comes yesterday, along, do you really believe what you say? I do, because it's right. Do you come in here thinking it's another three hours that I'm just going to talk about myself and how great I am with my guarantees? Is that what this is about now? Whenever they're looking as right as they uh, were last night, Philly looked great. Am I right? I, I, and to be fair, 
to Nick. I think the only thing he's thinking about when he's running in here is, man, am I going to make it on time? Well, that's true, too. That's that, that's a <laughs> close call. Very close call. I, know you I know, didn't have time to uh, make my smoothie this morning. Uh, well, that's a good reason to be late. So yesterday I had to renew a book at a library. Hey! Because I go there. And... The new book I took out, I got rid of the ones I had. I hadn't even started mm-hmm. to read him yet because I saw this book about LeBron. I was shocked. It was not written by Nick. It, it was, was actually somebody else writ- wrote a My, book about still uh, LeBron. His is yet to, the Jeff, final chapter of that book is not yet. I'm, been I'm written. waiting for the Brawny stuff to go down. Then that's I think that'll be a good bookend. By the way, speaking <laughs> of Brawny, as he goes to Southern Cal, Dennis Rodman's son has also transferred to Southern Cal. Dennis Rodman's son what is a four-year was a four-year player for Washington State. He's a grad student, so he's going to spend his final year with the Trojans. DJ Rodman. He averaged 9.6 points per game and 5.8 rebounds last season for Washington State. I did not know that Dennis Rodman had a kid playing ball. I didn't either. Did Dennis know? I was about to ask that. I'm wondering (laughs) if Dennis knew he had that. That's crazy. Uh, I mean, he's not. they're not stellar numbers. But okay, man, that's got to be tough. You know, we talk about like talk about casting a big shadow. Could you imagine being Dennis Rodman's kid? I think they're going to have no problems getting people to come out and cover their games. Yeah. What is what does DJ stand for? Dennis Jr. Because Scotty Pippen's son plays in the G League right now. Scotty Pippen Jr. Yeah. He's technically a part of that Lakers roster, right? Is he? I I'm didn't know. Pretty sure. Well, he was he was signed by the Lakers. I would assume. I, I'm not going to assume it. I would think that maybe they still have control of his rights, but I don't know that for a Here fact. Here it is, Dennis Thain Rodman. T h a y n e Thain. That's like a, a mix of Thor and Bane. <laughs> <laughs> Powerful. That is an odd. That's a that's a not odd. Maybe unique. It's a unique name, Thane. Wonder where he got that one from. I'm gonna go down the Dennis Dennis Rodman rabbit hole here early in the morning. What's Dennis's middle name? Is Dennis Rodman. Thane? Uh, Electra. Ooh, as in Carmen. Mm-hmm. Those were the days. Dennis Keith Rodman. Oh. It's a little anticlimactic. His yeah. name is Keith. Brad. Bill. Yeah, I, I don't know. Not What's really. What's Dennis Rodman up to now? Is he still over there in North Korea, trying to trying to do trying to do God's work over in North Korea? You know, there's they were supposed to be making a Dennis Rodman movie. The, didn't they do? Uh, and they were gonna have that guy that's in all these new Avengers movies starring it, but he just got I don't I think he got canceled because a lot of women came out and said that he was assaulting them. I thought there was supposed to be a special last Sunday after the NBA game. Yeah, on like TNT, TNT or something. There's supposed, supposed to, have to be a some like on him. biography on him. Right. All I'm seeing about what Dennis Rodman is up to right now is uh is that his son is transferring. Well, how about that? LeBron and Dennis Rodman sitting together watching their sons play. Imagine what that conversation is like. Imagine what any conversation is like with Dennis Rodman. I actually read that book. Uh, you know, you're always reading books. I actually read that book in like high school or whatever when he came out with that. I mean, it was just terribly written, but it had some juicy stuff in it, from what I can remember. 
The man lived a hard life for sure. Do you see that the lawyers are preventing Britney Spears from releasing her book? <laughs> Why? Because apparently it's like an unfiltered tell-all, and all these A-listers, it like makes them look really bad, so their lawyers are preventing her from releasing it. Well, I will Google that because that's like that sounds like something right up my alley as well. As I figured we it would. That's why I threw it out there. Thank you. I don't know if that's a, uh, I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but I can guarantee that you'll find that interesting. Hmm. All right, we got a good one lined up. You mentioned Bernie Carbo coming up at six thirty. Uh, we'll talk some NBA with Dale Osborne, the assistant coach over at Orlando. Uh, Joey Jones, former South coach, he'll join us at seven thirty. Chris Stewart, the voice of the Crimson Tide, 8 o'clock. And Richie Riley at 8.30. We'll have some Chick-fil-A to give away, some South Alabama baseball tickets to give away as well. Hit us up in the app, WNSP.com. We're off and running. It's the opening kickoff right here on the Sports Station WNSP. War Eagle, this is Butch Thompson, head baseball coach at Auburn University. You're listening to WNSP. Shot clock at seven. Here comes Harris. And Bede right there with a 15-footer that is pure. 21 for Joel. All right, 623. Welcome back in. The opening kickoff just getting started. For those that might be interested, the two A-list, A-listers that Brittany has sweating have been unnamed. Although she, of course, has dated Justin Timberlake, Fred Durst, Jared Leto, Colin Farrell, among others, including an illusionist. Might be a tough relationship to have. Never know what's real. Just throwing that out there. Thank you. Had a, another story we didn't get to in the headlines, but uh, sorry to see the passing away of uh, Denny Crum. Louisville's uh, longtime basketball coach, Mark, he had two championships, but many people probably do not remember because he had spent so many years uh, with Louisville that he won two uh, national titles of Louisville, but he was the top assistant for John Wooden during that long run by UCLA before he left to take the Louisville job. Uh, of the other topics, too, you saw where Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs not going to the White House. And then they don't have to shell out any food for him. Oh, yeah. I wonder, what's Joe serving? You remember, that was a big topic when Trump was in yeah, office, right? The they hamburgers were fast food and, stuff. and so forth. Now, they do have the two national championship women and men coming up in later this month. Georgia says there's a conflict in their schedule, but I wonder if there's something else there. According to the report, uh, because of the date, which is mid-May in about a week, a lot of the guys, most students aren't on campus. I guess they're all done with the semester. I've said this before, and I'll continue to say this. If you get an invitation to the White House, go. Like, it's, that's not yeah. an everyday occurrence. And I, it's well, not about Georgia who it is, though. They go every year, right? They get no, the they didn't go the year, year before because of COVID restrictions. So they, oh. they, they haven't been. So my point is, go. Like, I don't care who the president is, whether you're a fan of Biden or, or Trump or both or neither. By the way, if you're fan of both i want to hear from you because you're probably the only <laughs> yeah, one call, call but, yeah, call and let us know why but that i mean that's just you know it's the whole respect the office thing it's the white house yeah no. again the, round the, everybody up the, the reasoning was kind of nebulous like some kind of scheduling conflict or something like that but i just wonder if there's something else because basically in june it's kind of an off time anyway yeah you know you're in you're in the middle of your spring meetings you're in your middle of your media days as far as the players go 
Now, and to be facetious about it, I wonder if Georgia was saying, oh, gosh, we've had so many incidents. They had another player just picked up uh, for a motor vehicle violation. I think there's been about three or four. But, no, that's that's not the reason. I, I agree with you. It's an honor. Take the team. Go. Uh, you got, what, over 85 to 100 players. I'm sure most of them are available. If yeah. some don't want to go, too bad. Keep them home. Lee, in your lifetime, if you could have went to the White House and meet any president, which one would you have wanted to meet? I think I would have really liked to have met either Ronald Reagan or John F. Kennedy in my lifetime. Hmm. Either or, or both. I do not feel strongly about that question at all. No? I think it would just be so cool you, to meet the, the president. To decline the invitation then? No, 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 no. I wouldn't decline. I would definitely go, but it wouldn't be like the one I would. I wouldn't least be like, oh man, it's it's Trump or yeah. oh great, it's Biden or whatever. Like yeah. it, it's you the president. Go. The one I would least. I mean, I would still go. I mean, do you know you ever see the long lines to get into that? I mean, if you have a chance to go, go. But uh, the one I would least is uh, Richard Nixon. But the uh, it always, I was always amused when that whole. That whole storyline with Trump serving fast food came out because it always got me wondering, like, if you're like the manager at the McDonald's in Washington, D.C., and you get a call and they're like, yeah, we need, you know, we need 40, we need 300 Big Big Macs. Macs. Yeah. Tonight. And you're like, okay, first you're calling cap on that. And then you're like, all right, where am I sending it? And they're like 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. This is a (laughs) joke, right? And like. Do you, do you, that DoorDash driver? Exactly. Just DoorDash <laughs> roll up to the White House and be like, uh, delivery for a President uh, Trump? I just, how does that happen? Or, or do they send guys out? Does Secret Service go out and get the food? It's I wonder just, what Biden's cooking up. Yeah. I wonder what they're serving those guys. Maybe like some salmon and broccoli. Ooh. He might be uh, Lee's favorite president if that were the case. I'm going to throw in uh, George Bush, too, He because he, the guy who used to own the Texas Rangers, so yeah. I could talk baseball with him. Oh, you're, you're talking uh, Little Bush? The son. The, the, right. the, the older one played baseball at Yale, so it's, he talks baseball, too. So I, I wouldn't have a problem with anybody, to be honest with you, because, like I said, it's an honor. It doesn't matter who the president is. You don't have to stand outside for three hours trying to get in. I feel like Bill Clinton would probably uh, be fun to talk to. I feel like he would, would know how to party with them guys. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> I think you have to I, be I careful with Dory Obama. Yeah. He seems like a cool guy. He would be the most sports-oriented guy. He yeah. and, and probably to your point, Bush, Bush. But yeah, Bur- Bush Bur- seems like a cool Obama guy. Obama well. would have been just like he too, he'd be yeah. sitting there talking about your season. I mean, how many guys were picking the NCAA championship yeah. team every year? He'd be sitting there with Kirby, like, so what were you thinking on that third down play against Alabama? And that you know what I mean, like that'd be that'd be him. Plus, All right. Plus, he was related through uh, marriage. Uh, wasn't his uh, brother-in-law coach? Craig Robinson or something like that with Oregon State or so there's that too man knows some family trees all right have y'all ever stayed in a haunted hotel our next guest is going to shed some light on some of this I think we have not but I want to hear from you guys if you had any experience with the supernatural hit us up in the app wnsp.com it's the opening kickoff stay with us the 
deep left center. Did he do it again? Cabrera going back, and it is gone! A two-run homer for Jordan Diaz, his third of the night. He hesitated there, like, with the with the two-run homer there. By the way, uh, quickly, uh, five international games have already been announced. Atlanta, Jacksonville, October 1. Jacksonville, Buffalo, October 8. Jacksonville becomes the first NFL team in history to play back-to-back -back games overseas. Baltimore, Tennessee, October 15th. Miami, Kansas City, November 5th. Colts, Patriots, November 12th. That audio go. clip of Jordan Diaz, he's just a rookie. He is the first Oakland A to have three home runs as a rookie since Mark McGuire. I wonder if our next uh, guest, uh, Bernie Carbo, joins us from North Carolina. Of course, he was a longtime resident here and uh, will be coming back here very soon. Bernie, good morning. How are you today? Yeah, I'm doing great, Lee. How are you doing, buddy? Good. Did you ever hit three home God, runs? I miss you guys, Mark and Lee. I miss you guys. Did you ever hit three home runs in any game whatsoever, minors, <laughs> majors? No, I hit two home runs in one inning, though. You did? Against? Yes, I uh, was leading off in Nashville, North Carolina, and I hit a home run and came back around and hit another home run. I thought I was going to have a great game, and I went two for five. <laughs> <laughs> you should have quit while you were ahead, huh, Bernie? I should have been sitting on the bench after the first inning. I hit the two home runs. I thought, well, I'm going to have a great day. Yeah, great day, two for five. <laughs> Long-time major leaguer Bernie Carbo, Red Sox, Cardinals, and also Milwaukee. There's a story out today, Bernie, that uh, Mookie Betts was not staying with the Dodgers in Milwaukee at the Fister Hotel because he heard – that it was haunted or there have been reports circulating now you also played in milwaukee as as well as visiting did you ever stay there yes yes but i never heard the rumors uh you know i i, I wow that's uh, moogie betts uh, a little bit superstitious or whatever it may be but you know what a great hitter and what a great ball player i wish he's still back in boston but uh yeah to um go that streams and uh, i can't imagine <laughs> team feels like with Mookie staying at another hotel. Uh, that's kind of strange. Um, I've, I've never felt that way in my life, so I'm glad, but um, I feel sorry for Mookie, but uh, what a great hitter he is, and don't pitch him inside. He'll go deep. He's a great hitter. Did you ever, when traveling, stay at a hotel where the team said, oh, we have to go to this place again? or Because uh, usually you guys stay at four- and five-star hotels when you traveled, right? I don't know back in the 60s or 70s if that was true, but did you ever stay at a place that had a reputation for something that went wrong? No, not really. Not really. And maybe sometimes we stayed at hotels in the wrong part of the city. Um, you know, I know uh, some cities that you live in is a little more dangerous than other cities, and you have to be very careful. But the fact is that I think that the big league takes care of us in, in the hotels that we stay at, like you said. Uh, there was no problems, um, not, not that I could think of. We always stayed at nice places, you know, best in line. We, you know, we, you know, they treated us very well with travel, motels, and things like that. And even today, if you look at what they have, it's going there for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You got psychologists. You got, you got the geeks and computers. You can watch yourself hit. You have trainers, you have massage, you have dark room, you have a game room you can go to sleep in. You know, it, it, today you can almost live at the ballpark 
and be satisfied. We never have to leave to go any place. Uh, they just take care of the money and the, and the ball players today. We didn't have any of that. So today, I mean, they're baby lot man. I would love playing today. I think I just live at the ballpark and just eat there and live there and talk to the geeks and get on the computers and find out what's going on and watch myself hit and to uh, be able to make changes and see what I'm doing wrong and what pitches I'm getting out and everything else. It's extremely professional, and it's, it's just exciting to be a ball player today. All right, so let me ask you this. With all that the ball player has access to, training facilities, food, nutrition, you name it, they have it. Why is the DL, the uh, injury list, bloated? Why, why are more and more players out with injuries than ever before? saying things like mm, you are on PED steroids and human growth and well they're uh, they're not taking these things but the bodies and the bulk and you know the things you're taking is not natural and you have a breakdown of muscles but I remember Dr. Andrews saying with all the chemicals these players are taking I'm going to have to go back to college and learn more about the body and the muscles and bones and this is what you're seeing You, you know if you go to to high school, you got 75 to 85, maybe 89. You see pitchers throwing. Then college is 85 to 92. You go to the minor leagues, it's 89 to 94. And then all of a sudden, you go to the big leagues, it's 94 to 100. Guys are hitting 10 home runs. They go to the big leagues, they're hitting 35, 45 home runs. So, am I saying something I shouldn't be saying? Yes. Uh, but I've been questioned a lot. Because I've coached college kids, high school kids, and things like this. What do I do? Okay, we were, we were having a bit of a problem there. I hope we can uh, keep the reception going. You're coming to Spring Hill College. When and why? Uh, June 9th, 10th, and 11th is my camp. I've been doing for 24 years. It'll be my 25th year. Um, I left uh, the fantasy camps where they were paying 1200 to five grand. Our camps are 350 150 and it's uh, father and son this year. It's going to Spring Hill College, June 9th, 10th, and 11th. You can go to BernieCarbo.com. Uh, we were at Hank Aaron Stadium. Of course, that's not, you know, that's not something we can talk about. But Spring Hill College, one of the oldest colleges, one of the oldest ballparks. Friday night we'll play under the lights. Saturday we'll play, and we'll have really a nice dinner and, and, and a banquet. And, and, and it's a Christian camp, which we don't advertise. But it's a father-and-son camp this year. It's only $350. You can go to BernieCarbo.com. And John Hilliard, of course, but it's uh, it's a great camp. We've done it, and it's been a lot of fun. And we're not looking for a number one draft choice. We have one rule: if you slide, you you know, got to get yourself up uh, one base at a time. And I'm like, if I hit the ball, I, I call myself safe at first base, and then I walk. <laughs> Bernie, did you know that Babe Ruth played on that field that you'll be playing on? I know that Ty Cobb and Babe Ruth barnstormed on that field, one of the oldest ballparks, one of the oldest fields. It's a beautiful place. Uh, can you imagine we're walking on that field where Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb played exhibition baseball, and it's been baseball there for many a years. So I'm very excited about being there. Uh, it's a great opportunity to reach men and their sons, uh, be able to play the greatest game ever, to hear the greatest story ever. 
All right, so you're coming in, as you said, I think it's June 9th to start the camp. Do you have any ex-ball players uh, helping you out? We're hoping that John, John Hilliard comes. We're looking for him. You know, I'm hoping he comes, pitch for the Yankees and the Cubs. We might have a few drops here and there, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm Bernie Carbo. You know, uh, my identity is Jesus Christ, so... This camp is to uh, be a spiritual camp and, uh, you know, just kind of bring guys together and just come together to play a great game of baseball and have fun and enjoy it and be with your son. And we'll be doing some hitting clinics and, and working on the infield and outfield play, and I'll be doing the hitting and things like that. So I'm looking forward to it. You know, we've been doing this, like I said, for almost 24 years now. So it's exciting, it's affordable, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Are you going to have the pitch clock? So the pitchers have to pitch at a certain amount of time. <laughs> Can you imagine the seventh game in the World Series? The bases loaded. It's a three-two count. Oh, flop ball four! If ball four, the winning run scores. He didn't throw a pitch before. We win. Or, or oh, the hitter didn't get in. It's, it's, it's strike three. The game's over. They win the World Series. Oh my goodness! Uh, you know you're going to have to think twice in the playoffs in the World Series to rid yourself of that clock because. I could never imagine the ninth inning, seventh game in the World Series to be, the, you know, decided about ball four or strike three on on the clock. So I'm not one for the clock. Let me ask you this before we leave. We we started out with this story about the uh, uh, the supernatural Mookie uh, Mets bets. I'm sorry, not staying at the hotel because he heard there were ghosts in the Fister Hotel. What was your biggest superstition in baseball? I got a hit. I put my pants up uh, in the corner, and I put my pants on the same way. I stepped on the base going out the left field, stepped on it my second base when I'm in off the field. And then if I let the clubhouse guys, you know, the bad boy right there in the, the batting area, spit on my bat and get a base hit, I make him spit on it again. <laughs> oh, Lord, gee. You know, you, you would have a lot of superstitions in a sense, talking to the fans, you know, betting them that, hey, I bet you a dollar I get a base hit or something like that. But, uh, yeah, going to home plate, cleaning the dirt off and, uh, you know, stuff like that. But put your uniform on at the right, you know, the same way and don't get your uniform washed if you're hitting and stuff. But, uh, yeah, very even in food you eat in the morning, you know, you get some Hayes Benedict and get a home run and base hit, you're going to eat, you're gonna eat the Hayes Benedict until, until you don't get a hit, you know. But, uh, you know, a lot of things we do as players that um, we think that's going to make us a better ball player, but the ability that God gives you and the way you practice and work hard to, to do the things you do and believe in yourself, see the ball, get a good pitch, make, you know, make the zone smaller and hit it hard. All right, we're looking forward to having you back in Mobile. I hope we'll get to catch up to you when you're here, okay, Bernie? Thank you ever so yeah, much. Lee, Lee, yeah, and if you want to call me, Lee and Mark, I love talking to you guys. You know I love talking baseball. So, hey, thank you for everything. We love you guys. I love Mobile. Can't wait to get there. You better be be, be safe. Have, drive safely when you get here, and we'll see you soon. Thanks, Bernie. All right, Lee. Thanks a lot for loving me, buddy. Bernie Carbo. Yeah, seemed like you got a a little bromance going on right there. Did he did he end the conversation with "Thanks a lot for loving me"? Yes, that right? yes. I think uh, that's a that's a relationship that has developed over the years, and I'm I'm, I'm gonna have to pull that. That one was heartfelt. Out. I like that. That's a good line. Yeah, that's a good liner for the show. 
Uh, we got a couple minutes if you want to jump in. 694-1055. Uh, international games have been announced already. There are five of them. Jacksonville playing back consecutive weeks in London. I get, my guess is they're just hanging over there. They, uh, the Falcons are going over there. Sir. And I'm thinking on the uh, Jacksonville, you know, I told you this uh, years ago because the team wasn't doing very good and they weren't drawing that well. There were rumors when that new owner took over, he's not new now, that they might relocate to London. Well, obviously that has not happened, but to play two games there. So, you know, as you know, they have that 9-8 deal going, nine home games, eight away games. And obviously they try to work it out, I think, in, in the case of a team that goes over there that, that would be your ninth game. So, you, you, you know, you may, you, you're obviously going to make money going over there. You know, the crowds are really, really good and everything, but you lose that gate at home. So you'd still have eight home games. But now with Jacksonville, I'm uh, curious, so, you know, are these are they taking away two home games to go over there? Now, obviously, this guy knows what he's doing financially. I think he's got a vested interest in one of those great soccer teams over there. So I'm sure they're not losing money. But, you know, how about fans, though, who buy tickets to see that team? And it's a good team now. You know, it's a team that I've actually heard some people say could contend to win the division with Trevor Lawrence and, you know, that they're coming on and, you know, did a really good job last year. But to play two games there, that, as you pointed out, it's very unique. It's not happened before. I guess they'll stay too, right? They wouldn't come home. You wouldn't, you wouldn't like, leave and then come back and go back again, right? You would just I stay wouldn't. there. I'd stay the, uh, the, the two weeks. The week, yeah. yeah. Because in the past, teams that go over there usually spend a whole week there. They'll leave, like, after their game on Sunday, spend the whole week, get acclimated to the time change. I think, is it six hours or something like that? And then, you know, get used to the, you know, the different culture. And then they'd come home after the game. But I can't imagine a team packing it in and going, you couldn't possibly do that. So they'd probably stay there for two weeks. Any one particular game catch your eye? Uh, you know, that Jacksonville Atlanta game has possibilities. Drake uh, London in London. <laughs> yeah. What about Dolphins, Kansas City? Might be a good one. Why are they all in London? Uh, got there is a game in Germany, too, yeah, right? Well, there is one in Frankfurt. It'll be the second German uh, site ever. So they're, they're expanding for sure. Yeah, and that. And Nick, that it started in London, and like I say, they're they're trying to do what the NBA has done, and, and now baseball is doing it too. The, the baseball has announced that two teams, I think the Mets and maybe Phillies, are going to play a couple of games over there in Europe. But the, the the NFL, you know, they always like to take pride in being number one. But when it came to international and global, obviously, you know, the NBA had it all over. So they've tried to expand. You know, they play a game in Mexico usually, and now they're they got they've expanded now in London. It used to be one, maybe one or two games. Now, as we pointed out, it's like three, four, or five, and then you're playing a game in Germany. And I wonder what's next. All AFC teams except for the Falcons. The Falcons, the lone NFC representative over there. They they can handle that. How they about playing a game pressure. in the Roman Coliseum? I could dig it. I mean, talk about history. Man, I'm going to have to get up early for these games. They start at 8.30 local time. I like that, though, because then you there watch one game, then it goes to noon, and it's just a complete day of football fun. You know, it works out on my <laughs> schedule. I'd come home, and I'd just finish my workout, turn on the tube, and I'm watching the NFL. Wait a minute. What time are you getting up to work out on a Sunday? Oh, I'm there at 6 in the morning. Bro, what? Every <laughs> Sunday you're at the gym, 6 a.m.? 
give or take 15, 10 minutes, you know. Wow. <laughs> Depends on how long it takes to walk the dog these days. Well, I guess in your defense, getting up at 6 is sleeping in for you. That's that's like what? three hours later than you normally get up, right? What is the Lee Shervanian workout routine? On Saturday and Sunday, 12, I'll give it to you exactly, 12 minutes on the Stepmaster and 30 minutes on the treadmill. Wow. So you're just straight cardio? Straight. You're not over there on the bench or anything? No. No. Squatting anything? Not squat. Nope. Hmm. All cardio. All cardio. Seems to be paying off for you. That's the only way I can read my books. He's just a lean, mean, fighting machine. (laughs) So I'm home usually by 7.30, so that fits into my schedule. And do you not just pass out at that point? It's Sunday, man. Like, the world is sleeping at 6.30 on Sunday. How many people are at the gym when you go? All right, let's back up. I've told people this all the time. I have a big problem keeping uh, to, with my schedule of going to sleep around, what, 8 or 9, and then I get up at 3 every morning, give or take. Okay, not always at 3, but give or take. So on the weekends, I can't break the habit. What about you? You get up at, I think, around 4.30 maybe, 5 o'clock, something like that? In the morning? In the morning, yeah. Does that change on the weekend? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. And, yeah. and see, but you have other, I mean, you have other people in the house. You have the dog, don't you? Yeah, takes, and if I didn't, I'd sleep even longer. Right. Who takes the dog out? Uh, in the mornings? Yeah. In the, Whoever right. gets up early. All right. Because I, uh, I told my wife on the weekend, I'll take the dog out. So I'm up at usually 3.30, 4 o'clock, get that done, and then go to do my workout. That dog's probably annoyed and has to get up so early with you. It's like, yo, no, I'm not it's, even it's ready. just the opposite. The dog is clawing at the door to get outside. I'm telling you, it's not the dog version of Lee Shervanian right there. Dog What's days. the dog's name? Lee? Irish. Irish. Lean Irish. Like peas and carrots. All right, we need to take a break. We come back. Uh, what are we doing here? We're going to give away some Jag tickets? Yeah, we'll do some Jag tickets next. Dale Osborne on the NBA at 7 o'clock, Magic Assistant. Joey Jones in hour number two. Chris Stewart and Richie Riley in hour number three. International schedule's out. Have you ever stayed at a haunted hotel or have you ever had an ex- I feel like a Ghostbusters commercial. Have you ever been in touch with the supernatural presence? Call us now. Well, we want to hear about that. No one here in this studio has, but... We're but there are believers. people at this station that claim it exists. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know there's probably some z- guys on the zoo crew that believe in ghosts. Yeah. You just kind of threw that out there? I'm just I'm just saying that's a belief I have. They seem like the type. All right. I didn't realize there was a type. Let us know. It's the opening kickoff. This is Reese Dismukes. You're listening to 1055 WMSB. Alabama, heart of the sun. All right, 
There you go. That's the music. You know what that means. Up for grabs. Some tickets to a South Alabama baseball game. What you got for us well, today? This is their final homestand now. They were supposed to play Tulane last night. That got canceled. They will not remake up the game. Friday, they host Coastal Carolina. The Chanticleers come in on Saturday and Sunday. I have four tickets for a listener who can call in. This is for Saturday's game. Four tickets for Saturday's game. Call Nick and tell him who is the Jags' all-time winningest pitcher. All-time winningest pitcher. And I will give you a hint. He's local. All-time winningest pitcher. Most wins as a pitcher in the history. You know, pitchers don't stay around four years like this individual did. If you know the answer, 694-1055. By the way, another another game has come out. Uh, New Year's Eve. Mark your calendars. Joe Burrow. Versus Patrick Mahomes, Bengals and Chiefs. That ought to be a good one on New Year's Eve. Mark, that's kind of could it be a preview of the uh, AFC Championship game again? Maybe? Uh, I think it could potentially be so. There's uh, that, so, that'll be a good one. So, so mark you're your playing calendars. on New Year's Eve, and then just a few weeks later, the possibility exists those two teams could meet again. And what if what if you go into that game? And again, I haven't, I don't have the calendar in front of me, and I don't know how many games are played after that. But what if both teams have clinched at that time? Do you get to see the key players? Um, I th- I think the NFL over the last few years has done a really nice job of putting a whole lot of division games at the end of their schedules uh, to prevent exactly what you're talking about, which is guys sitting out and, and teams being able to clinch. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen from time to time, but the idea of moving those division te- games – uh, certainly has uh, made things more competitive at the end. Recently, as I, you know, one of the reasons I like, I don't really enjoy working out that much, but it, that's the only time I can read. And one of the recent books I read was Tom Coughlin and the former coach of the Giants who uh, was able to win two Super Bowls with Eli Manning. And in the uh, th- this book was about the uh, 07 championship win over New England. Uh, New England had that great team. They were undefeated going into the Super Bowl. But if you remember... Just prior to that, maybe at the the last regular season game, New England took on the Giants, and New England won. And Coughlin talked about the fact about, well, do I rest Eli Manning, knowing we've already, you know, we we can't do any more than we've done. You know, they went in as a wild card team and had to play the extra game, but he said, no, uh, I'm playing all my all my key players to get ready. But that was the game. That was the last regular season game. New England won it, not by much, just by a few points. And then who who knew that they would face each other in the Super Bowl, what, four weeks later, four or five weeks later? Did we, uh, could we get a winner? We did, yeah. Jason Norton is the uh, answer. Jason with uh, run, owns uh, Dixie Building Supply right now, one of our uh, great sponsors. 34 wins as a Jag pitcher. The winner was? Oh, you want to know the name? Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, Robbie. Congratulations, Robbie. Well done. Apparently, of the three of us here, I'm the only one that wanted to give you a shout-out. You guys. Want to keep it low-key, man. People are going to be coming after him now. <laughs> Hitting the yellow pages or white pages for all the Robbies Robbie, in Mobile. Robbie, Robbie. <laughs> all right, Dale Osborne is next. Magic assistant coach. Continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. It's the opening kickoff.
This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Hey, boys and girls, welcome into hour number two, the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee and Triple G, we're in the studios of WNSP. Some of the headlines, of course, we have uh, this NFL schedule starting to trickle out. It'll be out in its entirety tomorrow. In fact, ESPN 2's got a two-hour special tomorrow night uh, targeting the uh, NFL schedule. But we've told you that Jacksonville will play twice in London this year. Uh, they'll have a, a game on October 1st with the Falcons and then October 8th with the uh, Buffalo Bills. And then uh, Mark also found that on New Year's Eve, what a game, Kansas City and Cincinnati. Yesterday in the uh, uh, NBA, uh, the Sixers took a three games to two lead and the Nuggets took a three games to two lead on the Phoenix Suns. Tonight we get uh, a possibility of Miami finishing off the Knicks and then the Lakers. Uh, they'll be uh, also in action against Golden State with a chance to finish that series. Are we ready to go with Dale Osborne, the uh, longtime assistant in the NBA, uh, now with Orlando and a former great player with the South Alabama Jags and a really good friend. Dale, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? I'm good, Lee. Thanks for having me. Thank hey, you very much. Oh, I really look forward to your insight. Let's start with Miami, a team in your own state, eighth seed. We've had a lot of surprises. You got the Lakers. You know, they didn't have a really great year. Uh, they, they came in through a play-in game. But here's Miami to, to get to the play-in game and then to go where they are going right now. They're on the verge of history. What do you make of their team, and do they beat the Knicks tonight at MSG? I think I said this last time. Lee, I think you got to give a. I know you have to give a lot of credit to Pat Riley and Spolstra. Spol uh, does a great job. He's one of the best coaches in the NBA. When you look at that roster, they they really look for tough players. Jimmy Butler's tough. Caleb Martin's tough. Um, Kyle Lowry's a winner. They picked up uh, Kevin Love, who can stretch the floor. So it doesn't surprise me. Um, they're going to be in the hunt every year because. I think when they when they put their team together, they look for tough physical players. So um, it's going to be a tough game to go into Madison Square Garden and win. Um, but I think Miami's going to close out this series. How about the Lakers and Golden State? Do the Lakers close it out tonight? I don't think so. Um, again, when I was with Portland, um, we went to the playoffs eight out of nine years. And three or four of those years, we played against the Warriors. Um the Warriors have been in a lot of battles, Lee, a lot of battles. Um, I don't think the Lakers will go in there and win tonight, um, but I, 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 I'm shocked that this series is 3-1, but I won't put anything past the Warriors. They just played in too many big games, and the crowds and the, and the pressure doesn't bother them. But um, I, I think they'll get this game against the Lakers at home tonight. I've been, I've been intrigued by the chess match that is Lakers-Golden State. Uh, as these two coaches tend to tweak their game plans, I think what we saw in the last game, and I thought Golden State had some success. They were trying to bring AD away from the bucket, right? Meanwhile, Lakers are trying to keep him close. So it's almost, I don't want to say he's a liability, but he's not. But they Golden State had some offensive success pulling him away from the bucket. The problem is they don't have anybody who can stop him down the post. 
Yeah, well, you know, when they look at their size, and I'm a big Draymond Green. Yeah. Um, but Draymond is 6'7", six, 6'8", six, and AD is seven, 7 feet. So that is a tough matchup for Draymond. So um, in the past, Golden State has had more size, but they don't have the size this year to match up with a guy like AD. And if um, I don't know if, if they're going to look to double him and get him out, get the ball out of his hands. That's going to be a, a call the head coach has to make. But they're all, uh, Golden State is struggling with some size matchups. If you were picking, a, let's say, a pickup game and you had a chance of Embiid or Jokic, who would you take? Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> I love Embiid. I think he's uh, he's he's hard to handle, but I'm going with the Joker. It's it's kind of amazing that you asked me that. Um, my first my first year in the Portland, I had Will Barton, and after two years, we traded Will to Denver, and Will was with Joker his rookie year. And when I talked to Will after they drafted Joker, after they had a couple of practices, Will Barton I have to give him a lot of credit. Will Barton said, "Oz, this guy's going to be special." And when I looked at Joker, I was like, you got to be kidding. Like, just trust me. He's going to be special. The stuff he can do on the court is really special at his size. His touch, his ability to shoot the three, handle the ball, um, his passing ability, he is a great all-around player. I would, I would start with Joker. Dale Osborne, our guest here on WNSP. So I, I know as coaching staffs, each team probably just scouts, scouts, and then does more scout, and they've watched more film. Do you think there was a scenario that Golden State saw where they're like, okay, in scenario 6,223, Lonnie Walker's going to beat us. We need to, we need to be, we need to be careful. Have you ever been in a situation where a guy that you didn't even consider beating you all beat you? Yeah, absolutely. It, it happened this year. Um, we went to play the Lakers. And obviously, you're concerned about AD and LeBron. And sure. um, the Reeves kid, the Reeves kid, uh, uh, the Reeves kid went off for 35. So that happens. But I think you've got this is one thing that I hope you know players, whether in college, high school, and NBA, when you when you watch Lonnie Walker's interview, he said something that I, I was proud of him about. He said, "I stayed ready." Yeah. He said, "I could, I wasn't mad at the coaching staff. I wasn't mad at my team." The NBA is, is is pro basketball. It's not AAU. It's not high school. Nobody cares about your feelings. But he said, I stayed ready. I stayed in the gym, and I stayed positive. And I think when players do that, positive things happen. Dale, I've been meaning to ask you the few times I've had you on, and, and I'm going to insert this now because you were with Portland for a number of years. Damon Lillard, who many people consider a Hall of Fame why did he stay so long or has stayed so long with Portland instead of moving on like most players do these days to try to get to a team they think is going to win a championship? You know, Lee, he, he's a better person than he is basketball player, so that goes to show you how special of a person he is. And he's just a loyal, loyal kid. Yep. One thing about Dane, he doesn't like change. It was hard for him to see us get fired. Um, it was hard for him to see C.J., uh, get traded. He doesn't like change. He's loyal. Uh, he understands this is a business. Um, he really wants to bring a championship to Portland. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen, uh, but he is just—he's extremely loyal. He—he's differently. He's 
he's he's not going to go jump and go to a he's not going to say send me to a team that's already got great players. His mindset is totally different from that. He wants he wants the organization to bring in great players. Uh, Portland's a great city. The Trailblazers a great organization. Um, I'm hoping they pull it off for him because if anybody deserves a championship, it's this kid because he does all the right things all the time. He's he's really a special kid to coach. He really is. It's been a really surprising playoff series. <laughs> Unknowns, as Mark pointed out, Alani Walker, seventh, eight seeds are still in the hunt. Top seed, Milwaukee's out. To you, what has been the most surprising element of the playoffs so far? You, um, the Lakers, I have to say. I, I thought I thought Golden State, if you would have told me beginning of the series that the Lakes would be, be up 3-1, I would, I would have said Golden State would have been up 3-1 because of the battles they've been in. The championship caliber team that they have, the players that they have, you know, Steph is special, Clay is special, and Draymond. So that, that's been a surprise to me that the Lakers are up 3-1 against Golden State. Speaking of the Lakers, do you foresee, not next year, but the year after, LeBron playing with his son, Bronny, in the NBA? And how would this uh, how would this occur? How could this happen? You know, he's been doing it for so long, Lee. He's, what, 37, 38? Um, um, he's in a hunt every year. Uh, he's still playing at a high level. Um, that's a goal of his. Um, so, yeah, I could see it. You know, I've, I've never seen his son play, but he's a good basketball player. His son can go to USC for one year and then go to the NBA. So that can very well happen. How much pressure would there be on the son, though, to play with his dad? I, I couldn't imagine that. That's, that's you know, the, you know the, to be LeBron James' son and, 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 the, and to get in the NBA and, and, you know, hopefully, you know, I don't really know LeBron personally, but hopefully he's telling his son, you just got to block out all the noise and, and play your game. It's, it's kind of interesting you said that my son right now, he's in the ninth grade, and um, I try to go and be the dad that sits in the stands and quiet, but I can tell with me being an NBA coach, it puts pressure on him. And I'm just an NBA coach, and uh, I could just tell, you know, him being the son of an NBA coach, he plays with a lot of pressure and anxiety. And I just keep telling him, whether you play basketball or not, I'm still going to love you. But I'm also the type of dad, if you play play well, I'm going to tell you, if you suck, if you suck I'm going to tell you you suck. So that's going to have to be your decision. But um, getting back to Bronny, hopefully, you know, LeBron is controlling the situation and just saying go out and play. I'm just, I'm just hoping that, like, LeBron, when they want to play together, isn't like, yeah, we're rooming together, we'll go out to dinner together, we're going clubbing together. Like, that just gets awkward for Bronny, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, you know, I don't know if it has it ever happened in um, in professional sports that a dad has played with his son. I think the, the Griffey, like, I think in baseball in or basketball, baseball, I don't know. The Griffies, I think, in baseball did. I could be wrong on okay. that. I think they did okay. at one point. Yes, they did. That's the only one I, that comes I to think, mind. I, I would think LeBron, you know, will be in his 40s by then, and Bronny would be in his 20s. They can't be hanging out, but I'm quite <laughs> sure as a father, he's going to keep an eye on his son as a rookie. Like, what you doing in a hotel room and who you hanging out yeah. with at night? So it might be good. It might be bad. It depends on what Bronny says about that. <laughs> would you like to be coaching as an assistant or maybe a head coach where you had LeBron and his son on the team. I mean, you know, how would that work? Yeah, that, that'll be a tough situation. Um, 
again, LeBron would have to step in and help with that situation as a head coach, and you got to chew out Bronny one time, and his dad is sitting in the locker room as one of the greatest ever. So you would hopefully you have LeBron on your side helping you coach your son. Yeah, that would be awkward right there. I wanted to bring up uh, an issue. I'll let Mark talk about it. He knows more about charges and things like that, which the NBA versus the college game, Mark. Well, I think what happened was Van Gundy was starting to talk during one of the playoff games and was just kind of rifting on the idea of getting rid of the charge, which I think is a terrible idea. Um, let, let's start there. I know we're running out of time, but uh, would you like to see the charge go away in the NBA? No, 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 because, listen, there are certain guys, big guys, who are rim protectors. Yeah. You know, and there are certain guys that when they get to the rim, they have to be rim protectors. They're not as big as Embiid and, and AD. So, like, Kyle Lowry's one of the best in the league at taking a charge, and the only way he could protect the rim, he's not going to get up and block a shot. He's not going to get up and, and uh, vertical because Kyle Lowry is six feet, if that. But he does a great job of protecting the rim because he uses his advantage, which is taking a charge to protect the rim. So, no, I don't agree about taking away charges. Yeah, I don't either. I think it's so hard to get a, to get somebody to commit a charge anyway in the NBA. It absolutely. Just, it just helps. You're absolutely right. And then the Euro absolutely. step kind of takes away – it takes a lot of that away in the college game. Now, the, the NCAA Rules Committee is recommending that – so follow me on this one – that a def, now a defender – uh, in order to be in place to take the charge, uh, he has to be in place when the offensive player plants a foot in order to jump and attempt a shot. Currently, yeah, they, they, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. They, 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 they no, you're, you're good. I'm sorry. They starting to mess around with a little bit. The rules in the NBA, you have to be out there. The restricted zone, sure. you have to be planted. You got to be there early. You can't slide under. But I'm in, I mean, I. I coach the defensive side of the basketball for the Magic, and there's four things I tell them to do: that you either you either got to block the shot, you either got to take a charge, or she's got to be a vertical jump, or you got to foul him hard before he leaves the leaves the floor. We don't want to see anybody get hurt, but those are four ways that you have to protect the basket, in my opinion. Yeah. Hey, great stuff, man. We really appreciate you coming aboard with us. Enjoy the uh, remainder of the playoffs, and, and we'll do it again soon. Thanks again, guys. That's Dale Osborne, ladies and gentlemen, the assistant coach for the Orlando Magic. Uh, scoreboard traffic and weather next. Joey Jones at 7.30, Chris Stewart at 8, and Richie Riley at 8.30. It's a lot going on here, a little time to do it. Hit us up in the app, WNSP.com. You can listen online, WNSP Now. No, that's not accurate. Tell us what's up, Nick. WNSP Now is uh, where the podcasts are. Sound of Mobile app is where you can listen live. See, that's why we hang. That's why we let them hang around. Doesn't happen often, but yeah, from time to time, gotta, he does correct keep me. The old guys in line, and I'm okay with that. Tech. I'm all right with that. I'll throw. I'll throw you a bone. All right, it's the opening kickoff. Stay with us. Hey, this is Jake Coker, quarterback at Alabama. Oh, I'm listening to the radio. I'm listening to WNSP. Joker, last thing. i got to give you props for the way you handled the uh, pregame situation. You saw Matt Ishbia and uh, went over and, and handed him the basketball. So uh, was that, was that uh, something planned when you saw him over there? How'd that all play out? No, it was just something that, um, you know, I don't have nothing against. I, I will do the same thing if there's anybody else. 
in the Phoenix uh, just because uh, if you guys follow that, that's what I like to do. I like to inbound the ball really quick and then just get advantage, uh, keep, uh, keep, keep the game going. Yeah, I don't uh, think he's doing it if it's anybody else. To make fun at least a little bit, you know. I mean, if it's just some random fan, he ain't going over there and talking to him. Probably not. No. You know, earlier this week, uh, a pitcher for Kansas City got hit in the jaw with a line drive. Ryan Yarbrough suffered fractures and so forth. If you have any kind of incident like that or any kind of surgery that's needed, I, I recommend you go see Dr. Christopher Mullinex with Mobile Oral and Facial Surgery. Uh, he also works with Dr. Wallander and Dr. Babson. They have basically they uh, any day that uh, you want to make an appointment, give them a call at 471-3381. They're located at 715 Downtown Boulevard. I had the dental implants. That much I know. Wisdom teeth. I've had family members go through with that. But they specialize in any kind of oral surgery. I uh, was very pleased with uh, my appearances there because the next day I had no pain and very, very little discomfort. Speaking of discomfort... Nick's got a little bit of an issue here uh, when it comes to uh, potential breakfast here. So he's looking up. We don't have a whole lot of time here, but so he's 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 door dashing a little Mickey D's, right? Yes. So he's literally like 80 cents away to, from saving three bucks. That's right. You and would think Mark there was something on the menu. Yeah, you suggested that I just add a hash brown. Yeah, just add a hash brown, dude. Hash browns are three fifty now. What that is is downright criminal. Downright criminal. You can get like three sausage biscuits for the price of one hash brown. What is up with that? Is there a potato famine I'm not aware of? I mean, it's it's potato. See, and they want to McDonald's knows that they have the best hash browns when it comes to fast food. It's been a minute since I've had their hash browns. You know, it's like the big oval. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the sleeve. Yeah. And now they're just... They're it's ridiculous. Jack, it's inflation. Jacking up the rates. Over $3 for a single hash brown from McDonald's. Man, I'm yep. old. Yep. I'm pretty sure the hash browns at Chick-fil-A are like eighty, And you get like 12 of them. Because <laughs> they hadn't pressed the potato into a sheet of a hash brown. So there isn't anything that's 80 cents. The cheapest thing on their breakfast menu. I added some apple slices. (laughs) (laughs) They were like $1.20. That was the cheapest add-on I could find. Isn't it easier to do what I do at home? Just cut up an apple and bring it in yourself? Not when I'm running out the door at 5.57. No, no, no. You do it overnight. Oh, then the apple gets brown. Not if you uh, put some lemon juice on it. Ew. I don't want my apples. I'm not talking about you. You're different. I'm talking to Nick. You want your apples tasting like lemon? I like lemon. Tasting like pledge? If you put lemon (laughs) on it, they don't turn brown, and they taste really, really good. Martha Stewart over here. More tips on the other side of the break. Well, you wouldn't know about health foods. You're right. to put lemon juice or citric acid of some type 
on apples. McDonald's does indeed do that. You and McDonald's are the same. Well, I didn't know they did, but they had to do so, or like they have to do something to preserve the apples from turning, as Nick said, brown. By the way, was that the Mississippi State fight song? It was. It was yes. I thought so. Okay, just want to be sure. We are still efforting your guest. One Apparently of our the uh, the guest Joey Jones. Yes, had a uh, charity golf tournament in town yesterday. And we were hoping to get in touch with him to talk about, well, he's now back with Mississippi State, as is another former JAG coach, Steve Campbell. But we wanted to just talk to Joey and catch up on how things are going and what he's doing at Mississippi State. And I'm often curious, too, like when you're on an SEC team and you go into the season knowing that there's Alabama standing in your way, like how much hope do you really have? Or Georgia, let's say. You know, those are the two teams I'm sure that – when media days takes place and they have the vote, even though like very few people actually vote on it, I'm sure Alabama will be the favorite to win in the West, and I'm sure Georgia will be the favorite to win in the East. That's why they play the games, Lee. You just never know. You could be Tennessee. You could want to be an LSU. You could just get that dub. You know, Texas A&M hoping to be that team this year. That one fan told uh, told Jimbo he. You asked him to please kick Nick Saban's, you know, bleep, and he feels pretty good about it. Well, yeah, but what's a coach going to say in the spring? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think I can get it done. Man, <laughs> you know, they're really good. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. We, we didn't have a good year last year, and we, I got to deal with Petrino now as my offensive coordinator. <laughs> I, I don't know how things are going to go, but, yeah, I, you got to do that. And, 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 and add to that, Brian Kelly. You know, talking up beating Alabama. Doesn't Texas A&M have to be the one of, if not the most interesting teams going into For this sure. year because of that For Bobby sure. Petrino? Oh, absolutely. There'll be a lot. If things don't go well, there'll be a lot coming down on that relationship. Yeah, if things don't go well. Uh, if things start out well, then, of course, there'll be a lot of praise for bringing in Bobby Petrino. Right now, it's lukewarm, I would think. Uh, depending on what report you hear about. But as we uh, talked about, I think it was just recently uh, that one of these Internet sites came out and said Texas A&M will be the most interesting team or surprise team in the SEC. Surprise how? Can they go worse than they did last year? Probably not. Will they be much better? I don't really know. I don't know that much about, uh, you know, they've lost a lot. Like most teams, they've lost a lot of good players. And one of the reasons with Joey, you know, taking over, you know, with Mike Leach passing away, what has that done to that program up there at Mississippi State? I would think the new coach has done a really good job of keeping things together, Mark, but does that translate into wins? All right, you guys can jump in at 694-1055. By the way, uh, Georgia uh, and Kirby Smart are declining the White House invitation. The reason uh, is, quite frankly, none of their guys are on campus. Or so they said. That's, uh, you know, we're mid-May. Classes are probably done. But I don't understand because LSU's women are going at the end of the month. UConn men are, are going to the basketball going together teams. together, too. I, I don't understand. But either way, man, it's the White House. Go to the White House. What were they billing it, though? They were calling it, like, all college. Was it just the Georgia team, or were they bringing in other teams with them? I, I think they were bringing a whole that. bunch of them. Maybe you think that's maybe why, that they wanted their own time and they nah. felt that they were being, 
slighted a little bit by not being the only team invited. What are you taking from the White House as a memento that maybe they're not offering? Like, well, you, first are you of taking all, a pen? You taking a napkin that says the White House on it? What do you what do you what do you what are you lifting from the White House? Well, anything that would be useful to me would be a pen more than a napkin. Yeah, but you want to take something, right? If you're in the White House, you're you're hanging. Since with I the don't press. smoke, I don't need an ashtray. I doubt there's a. You think there's ashtrays in the or just for decoration? I can't believe decoration. A presidential portrait of William Howard Taft. You're just ripping that thing off the wall <laughs> and rolling. <laughs> I don't know if there's a little towel, like a little hand towel, in the in in the in the, the west in, in in the restroom or something. A, you better I'm have taking a, something. You better have a good lawyer if you take that. Yeah, you think they're gonna prosecute you? Sure, they are. Stealing. Is it though? Is it though? A- I'm part of the American people. Seriously, we my taxpaying right money—that's my towel. <laughs> I paid for that. Yeah, good. Good luck on that. I mean, you I'm really think they're going to stop Stetson Bennett if, if he's well, if he's got a? Here's the other question: Do they <laughs> actually have souvenirs for you to take? Let's if you. I mean, don't forget if you go in there with a football team, you're looking at about a hundred people. Do they actually give them something to take as a memento to curb? maybe lifting or pilfering yeah. anything. And yeah. I, I would hope that they would maybe a pen, maybe a little memento or something like that, maybe a little photo of Biden. Or <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm or taking an, the big red button that shoots off an, the rockets. <laughs> or an audio of Biden talking up uh, NSP for the nappy. And, you yeah. know, something like that to, to take home and say, look what I got at the White House. Dude, if I, I'd be putting together like a scavenger hunt with my guys. I'd be like, all right, if you can find the nuclear football – Automatic dub. Automatic dub, you win. And also, I wonder if every room has security. Yeah. I know they have cameras and everything, but I'm wondering if they actually have security members making sure that none of, none of the athletes, let's say, drift off and decide to, well, like Nick, you know, he would do something like that, steal something. It's not stealing if you paid taxes for it. It's yours. How, yeah, you, how many, uh, good luck in court on that one. Name. How many what? How many presidents do you think you can name? Over under thirty. How many are there? Forty six. <laughs> Forty six. Yeah, no, I couldn't name. I don't know. Maybe. I think I could. Yeah. All right. Time. Start. No, we're not gonna. We're not gonna waste time doing that right now. That's that's for another show, another year. And do you do you do you That'll test President's Day special? Do you, do you test Secret Service? I mean, is there? Do you? Maybe you get the uh, the lady who stole the bird and get her to uh, help you out. Yes. By the way, speaking of, uh, well, I'll get to it later. All I'm saying is, if you have a chance to go to the White House, go to the White House. Even if you can't, even if all your guys can't go, they couldn't go the year before when they won their first one because of COVID protocols or whatever. I don't know what the menu is. Donald had a little fast food going. I think he was back to back to Nick's issues. I think that's what the. Uh, yeah, athletes like though that type of menu and i'm curious if biden if they're going to do the same thing bring in a whole bunch of hamburgers i can and see where guys would be pretty pumped about getting some burgers yeah. but you can't tell me no that, that they would prefer the the mcdonald's cheeseburger over an eight ounce filet when they they don't got like a five guys in dc <laughs> like if you're going to give someone a burger you know what mark that I, the idea was that they had a whole table full of this and the players could just come and take what they wanted rather than sit down and all right let's uh the waiter but comes I, around but you want to coach Trevanian were there you'd have an issue walking in and there being nothing but fast food I, 
I wouldn't have an issue at all walking in there. I don't care. I wouldn't be going there to eat. Really? Really. They're inviting you to dinner and you're not going there to That's eat? That's not much of a dinner. Well, yeah, when, when it's just a bunch of Big Macs on the table. You, dinner is like <laughs> later in the I'm evening. Totally not, they don't too. go in there <laughs> at like, nighttime, Nick. They go in during the daytime. All right, lunch. Brunch, brunch. <laughs> Let's call it lunch. And you know what? There, there's no guarantee that there's going to be any food. I mean, you're not going there to eat. You're going there to visit the White House. You're going there to be greeted by the president, shake his hand. That's what it's all about. Now, that's an added touch. And like I said, eating is a bonus. It is a bonus. It is a bonus. What are the cooks in there for? Seriously, like in the movies, man, apparently the press can just order whatever West Wing. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I don't think the. the athletes, maybe the coaches, but the athletes going there have risen to that status where they're going to be invited to the celebrity dinners. By the way, well, a listener in our app, I uh, wanted to clarify, it's only brunch if you're drinking. You and I can hang out, sir. Let's make that happen. You a mimosa guy or a Bloody Mary guy? I'm not a Bloody Mary guy. Lame. Yeah, I just, I can't do it. You know, it's the tomato mm. juice. Not a fan. Not a fan at all. Man, you got that baby boy palate, man. Is that what that is? <laughs> <laughs> Says the guy that had to order from McDonald's today because he didn't have breakfast. Yeah, By the way, the way soon, on second thought, on matter of principle, I wouldn't have ordered the extra item. I would have just been short. I, I wouldn't have ordered. I wouldn't have tried to get over that eighty cents to save that three bucks. Just on that doesn't make any sense financially. Yeah, but it's about the, it's the principle of the matter. Why why purchase something you don't want? What are you gonna do with the apple slices? Eat them. It's like I just got free apple slices. It's like they paid me a dollar sixty to eat apple to slices. Eat apples that aren't brown, I might add. Well, kudos to you, sir. All right, uh, guys. Uh, quickly, um, you've heard me talk about Aiden Marks, our guy over at Medicare Insurance Advisors. If you're within a year of retiring, um, if you're 65 or older, and you're thinking about maybe, do I need? The, the benefits of Medicare or the health benefits that I have with my company, there's some options there. Aiden Marcus is the kind of guy that can help you sort through those issues. He's not uh, he's not selling you Medicare insurance, by the way, and there's never a fee for a service. He's simply there to inform you of what your options are. So if you're confused, maybe you're just tired of nonstop solicitation calls. If you, if you need a local agent, he fits the bill, man. He is uh, – He's local, he's knowledgeable, and you can go see him at his office. He's on Highway 98 across from Terry Thompson Chevrolet over there in Daphne. Again, never a fee for his services. So if you're not getting the help that you uh, that you need, maybe there's just a lot of online information and you need someone to talk to, call Aiden Marks, 463-0031. That's 463-0031. Aiden Marks, Medicare Insurance Advisors. All right, coming up, I think we're going to do a little Chick-fil-A for you. Um, Chris Stewart's going to be along at 8 o'clock. Richie Riley at 8.30. Ah, somebody in the app said just add a little mayonnaise to your Bloody Mary. Somebody there listens to the show quite a bit. Please stop. Do not. No. No. Just saying. Lee, I bet you if you went to the White House as part of an athletic group and they had fast food and you asked for a fruit cup, I bet you they could whip one up for you. I would hope so. Would you ask for one, though? No. They'd say, wait, you didn't bring Mark with you? That's right. All right, wrapping up hour number two next. Stay with us.
Hey, this is Showtime boxing analyst Steve Farhood, and you're listening to Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP. Chick-fil-A. I could eat there seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play. Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A. All right, boys and girls, here you go. 747 on this Wednesday and a chance for you to have a little snack here. What do you yeah, think? I've got a Chick-fil-A question, but I also have something for you to ponder. Uh, okay. In the next hour, we're going to Joey Jones. We're going to catch up to him in just a second. Joel Embiid had three consecutive 30-point games, now tied for the longest streak within a postseason in his career. This is with the Philadelphia 76ers. Name the last Philadelphia 76er that posted three consecutive 30-point games. If you know the answer, 694-1055. I believe we have... Coach Jones, ready to Indeed go? Indeed we do. Joey, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Good. How are you guys doing? Now, you did miss the Mississippi State fight song, so uh, I hope you'll get over that. Uh, but next time we get you on, <laughs> you'll, you'll have that. How would the golf tournament go yesterday? It, it went really good. Um, we we uh, had a lot of guys out here, uh, 26 teams, I think, and, and uh, just a good day. It was going to rain, and uh, anyway, the sun came out, and Nice day the whole day, but really, really appreciated those guys coming out and helping to uh, get some money for Youth Reach uh, Gulf Coast down here. That's wonderful. So uh, you're on your way back to Starkville? Yes, actually. Uh, Going to eat some breakfast and head back right now. What is your actual position there at uh, with the the new coaching staff? Well, you know, the, mainly just recruiting the state of Alabama. Um, of course, high school players there or here. I'm in Alabama now. But, uh, yeah, doing that, that's really uh, the majority of it. I am you know, the NFL liaison, you know, when the NFL teams come in and want to talk about the players, that I'll be doing some of that and that kind of thing. But uh, mainly just to recruit the state. So what is that like now, recruiting in a state that you grew up in, but knowing that Alabama and Auburn pretty well dominate when it comes to some of the high-profile prospects? How much of an in do you have, and is it difficult going head-to-head with them? Well, I do think this. I think that, um, you know, if Alabama and Auburn really want a guy, you know, I'm, we're, we're out on that, you know. But but sometimes now they're going more out of state, so when they, you know, they go out of state, there's going to be more players in Alabama that are not going to go to Alabama over, and that's the kind of player we want to try to get. Joey Jones, our guest here on WNSP. Hey, Joey, it's good to uh, talk to you again. Is, is the type? How has recruiting changed as far as the type of player? You're still looking for the same type of player that you may have been looking for five or ten years ago, or has that kind of evolved into a different kind of set of uh, standards? Do you mean uh, physically, or like, yeah, what, just what do you like, mean by yeah, type of player? Yeah, just from a from a from a physical standpoint. Maybe you gotta maybe you gotta do a social media background check on him now. Maybe something you didn't have to do ten oh, years yeah. ago. Like how how different is it? Well, I think now the difference is um, well, the transfer portal has changed the whole world, as you guys know, and well well documented on that because it's a. Uh, as well as this, you can lose one and get one in a, in a drop of a hat nowadays. And um, so, you know, um, as far as the physical thing, I, I think the SEC West, the one thing I've learned being there two years before and, and now, 
that those guys, you got to play with big guys. I mean, you got to have, you know, you can't have, you can always have an exception to the rule, uh, but you got to have guys that are big because you're going to play against a bunch of big guys. And I saw an article actually today on uh, Coach Freeze at Auburn. You know, he's talking about his O lineman. And I said, and he was talking about how those O linemen, they need to get bigger and they get bigger on both sides. And so, so that's the biggest thing. You can't try to uh, overlook that because, especially on the line of scrimmage, because, you know, if not, if you're. 30 or 40 pounds smaller than somebody else on the line of scrimmage, at the end of the day, you're going to get beat. When you're recruiting, does the subject of NIL money come up a lot? No, it has not. For me, it has not. I think out of state, it's not going to come up as much. I think, you know, I think in states where it does, uh, Alabama and, you know, they're kind of recruit nationally. It'll come up with them out of state. But I don't think, you know, at Mississippi State that it's going to come up very much with Alabama, Louisiana, Tennessee players. So in your day, when you were at Murphy High School, uh, running circles around defensive backs, it I got the impression, and it wasn't around here, that growing up, uh, high school athletes had a desire to play for Alabama, Auburn. You coached at South Alabama. Maybe it changed a little bit. You mentioned how Alabama likes to recruit out of state now. Obviously, they do coast to coast. But have, has that kind of worn out that that's no longer the issue here in Alabama, that kids grow up desiring to play for Alabama or Auburn, but they'll just take the best offer they can get? Uh, I think there's definitely changed to that. I, and I don't know what percentage to, to put on that, but I know that Certainly, there are some kids that, you know, they want to go to Alabama Auburn regardless if, if they get an offer from them. But now it's, you know, it was almost taboo to go out of state back in the day, you know. I mean, and uh, very rarely happened. I remember Demarcus Russell going to, you know, to LSU was a huge deal. Everybody's like, oh, my God, how'd he get out of state, you know. And, and uh, but now it's, it, it, you know, they don't even blink anymore. So it's uh, all about facilities, all about the money, and all about the you know, hopefully the coaches, but uh, these guys got much more options now, and they really got a little more. Uh, uh, you know, they, they, their deck is stacked a little bit in some some ways. Joey Jones, our guest here on WNSP, uh, as an All SEC receiver, I'm curious, what, what are the uh, most important characteristics when determining whether a receiver is good or not? Well, I think that. Uh, number one, I think you got to be able to be great at the break point, meaning when you run a route and when you plant your foot in the ground, you got to be able to separate from that guy. I think uh, speed, you know, we all, we're all looking for tall, fast guys who isn't, you know. I mean, so, uh, it's, so that's obvious. So you want a taller, faster guy. But, uh, you know, I just I look at, too, the uh, ability to adjust to the ball in the air. And I think that. When you when the ball's still not going to be always perfect, but you got to be able to, to make adjustments when the ball's in the air to get to the ball. And so, I think those are the ones that I think are, are most uh, prevalent. Um, and I think you know just being able to get off nowadays, play so much bump and run that you know you got to be able to get off the press. You know you got to be able to whip, you got to win the one on one. And if you can't do that, you can't play. All right. So the reason I asked that is because uh, this week Devontae Smith, some other guy that played receiver at Alabama, was asked who his top five wide receivers were at Alabama of all time. Uh, he gave five. I'm curious, who would you consider to be the elite receivers at Alabama of all time? Oh, you kind of put me on. I, I, I probably gonna leave somebody out because I hadn't thought about it. Uh, you know, the first one, you 
Julio comes to mind, obviously Julio uh, Jones. He's, he's one one of the greatest of all time for sure. I think that uh, you know, I think uh, that, help me out a little bit. Give Joey? Me some names. Is that Joey Jones or Julio Jones? <laughs> no. <laughs> Heck yeah, he was he was number eight, and I was number four. He was twice as good as I was. I promise you. So, uh, um, I, you know, I, I try to think of the guys uh, that that played. Help me out. Give me some names. All right. So his top five. He had he and you guys were more alike than you thought. He had Julio number one. He had Amari Cooper two. Calvin Ridley three. Jerry Judy four. And he put himself at number five. Yeah. Those are, you can argue all those for sure. But, uh, you know, I would say Ozzie Newsom, you know, Ozzie was a actually a place of split in, you know, at, at, in, and he was a kind of a, you know, kind of a yeah a hybrid hybrid guy back in the day. Uh, obviously, he's one of the best of all time. I'd have to put him in the top five somewhere. Um, I'm trying to think through the years. But, yeah, the, those guys lately, I mean, you can you can argue very, very well that uh, in the last 10 years, they've had some unreal receivers, you know, and, and uh, Deontay Smith, those guys, I think, you know, you got, you know, I don't know how to rank them all, but there's, there's, some, there's some dang dang good ones for sure. All right, let me turn it around and twist it around. If you were a, uh, a wide receiver being coveted by Alabama now, which quarterback would you like to be on the, be up there to throw passes to you? Would it have been Tua, Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, or any of the other quarterbacks lately that have come through there that have said, or A.J. McCarron, which uh, quarterback would you have liked to have been on the team with? Um, I never thought about that either. Y'all gave some great questions this morning. <laughs> um, I think probably, um, you know, just looking at from the outside, some of these guys I never saw live. Uh, but, yeah, two are probably through the best ball, in my opinion. He, tiny, he threw a real softball, meaning, you know, it's easy to catch. Uh, and, uh I thought he threw the long ball great, you know, like it, and that, that was my forte was being able to run by somebody. So um, I think if he could get it downfield, and I think it showed up with him and those receivers he had with De- Deontay and those guys, you know, they could run under the ball and go get it. And so I think probably Tua. So what would your statistics look like if you played an offense that, that, that gets run today? I'm, I'm assuming those numbers would have doubled, tripled? I don't know. Uh, you know, I mean, I had a real high average at, in the wishbone, of course, and a lot of touchdowns. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we're throwing in the wishbone, throwing the ball eight times a game. So, um, <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, I'm sure they would have gone up. I don't know how much, but I'm sure they would have gotten a little better hope. Were you, were you yeah, at- I don't, I'd have loved to have played in, in an offense like this because I would have actually, quote, fit, you know, quote, fit it a little bit better. Were, were you a three-point stance at receiver kind of guy? I was. <laughs> wow, that's going way back, Joey. Joey, what is yeah, that's, yeah. What is Steve Campbell doing up there, the former JAG uh, football coach who followed you, and he's on the same staff. Yeah. What does he do? Yeah, so basically he's assigned to Mississippi. They kind of brought him in to you know, head up the – I say head up, you know, to be mainly recruiting in Mississippi and uh, me in Alabama. And, and so they felt like that was two states that uh, needed, needed to be uh, – address but yeah steve and i are real close uh now he's a good guy really really enjoyed uh being around him i really had never known him very much other than meeting him a few times you know but uh working with him day to day he does a good job coach always good to catch up with you sir safe travels uh and uh congrats on everything and uh let's do it again soon okay guys thank y'all see you man that was a that was a different that was a different breed back in the day when you went out lined up at receiver and 
gotten that three-point stance. They don't make them like that anymore. To your White House deal about food and everything, so ponder this. Would you rather go there in a group fast food or be feeded with a lot of celebrities, let's say, to linen dinner? Like a banquet dinner? Yeah, kind of. I guess that's what they call it, where they're probably a seven-course meal, or would you just prefer to go in there and the fast food at your disposal? Bro, give me the seven course. I can, I can get fast food anywhere in America. Apparently, including the White House, but no. Give me the uh, the all-inclusive seven-course meal. You sit down and talk and entertain. Sure. That kind of. You want the you want the whole. The yeah, glitz. give me the whole experience. You give me the, the White House experience. Hour number three is next. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station WNSP. is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. All right, 804, welcome in hour number three. Thanks for hanging with us here on WNSP. It's the opening kickoff. Mark Lee, Triple G. A couple of uh, sports notes before we get to our next guest, uh, Chris Stewart, uh, the voice of the Crimson Tide. LaFleur and Viger, new football stadiums, dedication today. NFL schedule starting to trickle out, dribs and drabs. The full schedule comes out tomorrow. Keynote on New Year's Eve. Kansas City and Cincinnati meeting at uh, late afternoon. Uh, NBA yesterday, Sixers take a three games to lead to lead on Boston. Denver takes a three games to two lead on the Phoenix Suns. To that, we bring in uh, Chris Stewart. He broadcast the uh, Alabama win over Troy yesterday by a score of seven to two. Chris, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today, guys? Thanks so much, and I wish I had. Been in Troy, but I actually had another uh, commitment yesterday and missed it. But it was a, it was a really good win, and Alabama finishes up the non-conference portion of the, or I should say, the midweek portion of their schedule. No more midweek games uh, in the regular season. But go twelve and one, and that's huge because it was really the record last year that was barely above five hundred that kept them from getting an NCAA regional berth and. Uh, a much better showing this year in those in those midweek games, and hopefully that with what they've done within the league itself is going to not only have them in a, a regional but a good seed and a spot where they're going to have a chance to do some damage. Well, you know, you didn't even have to say that, though. <laughs> you didn't have to tell people you weren't there. They wouldn't have known anyway. <laughs> but that's okay. Maybe a couple to a man. He yeah. sounded like Roger. Wow. So I to be clear. So I, I was going to lead to my next point to talk about this baseball team in lieu of what happened last week, which was a stunner. The firing of their coach, head coach, James Jackson, takes over, and you go out and take two out of three from Vanderbilt. I don't know if you've had a chance to talk to players or anything like that, but, I mean, just basically from a broadcaster standpoint, what is going on with this team? Yeah. Let me tell you, it's uh, Jason Jackson's done an incredible job it's in the interim role. Unbelievable, unbelievably tough circumstances. Uh, and I'm not going to speak for them. I just, it was evidence. I, I was there on Friday. I, was, I had to be away again on Thursday, but I was there on Friday. And even a day later, as you would expect, the hurt, the dejection, uh, the uncertainty, 
that was there. So for him to somehow get all of that harness and the attention focused for that those players and the staff on the game itself. I mean, you find out the news that morning that that uh, Brad Bohannon is out as head coach and the circumstances surrounding it. Then to turn around and win a game against the top five team that lot that night and do it eleven to two of all things, just amazing. Uh, the next game you face a phenomenal pitching effort and, and lose a great game four to one. Uh, I know it didn't sound great, but it was really well played on both sides uh, when they threw a two-hitter at Alabama. And then you come back on Sunday and win a, a phenomenal college baseball game 2-1 to one on Sunday. It was, uh, it was special to be able to get that accomplished and then to stay focused, go on the road, and uh, not on the road, but away from home anyway, and, and win a neutral site game in Montgomery as they did, I think speaks volumes to where the talent level is on this team the maturity level on the team, but also the leadership at the helm right now of this squad and in the program. Well, now you got Texas A&M and then the SEC baseball tournament. How do you feel about Alabama in the NCAA turn? I'm sorry, the SEC tournament and getting a bid to a regional. The SEC tournament's tougher than the, than a regional guys. Uh, first of all, more teams, obviously. So it, 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 is more taxing on everybody's pitching staff and roster and, and trying to, to get that managed. But, yeah, you got Texas A&M this weekend, and you come back home for the final series of the year against Ole Miss and then the tournament, and it's a, um, it is an absolute gauntlet. The only thing tougher than the SEC tournament is, a, uh, is the College World Series itself. So, and I say that because of, again, the number of games you have and the number of quality teams. I mean, it's not going to be uncommon to have, or it won't be surprising to have three or four teams from the Southeastern Conference playing in Omaha. So, if the, thing, the thing that a lot of teams say, and Alabama's been in this boat for more than two weeks, if you can just get to a regional, you'll take your chances because you're seeing somebody other than the SEC and got an opportunity to do some. Uh, do some damage in a regional, play well, and uh, hopefully get to a super for the first time. I guess it's 2010 maybe was the last time that happened. Hey, let me ask you, are you playing golf in this uh, tournament with all the celebrities up in Birmingham? No, I'm not. Not not in that uh, today. A lot of them teed off already this morning, and then they'll have Another one. First of all, you said the key word there, celebrity, and I'm not in that category. But they'll uh, they'll have some of the coaches there. I know uh, Nate's playing in it. Uh, it's one of the few years I think that Nick Saban hasn't, but uh, he uh, I think had something else going on. So he he's not down there, but Nate is, and um, a lot of other coaches from around the SEC will be involved with it. it's always a great event but i'm not i'm no i'm not there all right let me ask you this and and chris i know you have a great sense of humor i know it a, a while back we had you on we we told the story about how you imitated or impersonated the uh coach i think it was at montevallo and and got yeah, players yeah Rob now let Fibre. me i was thinking about this because lane kiffin was quoted as saying that it's okay for lane to poke fun at saban but he he doesn't want anybody yeah. else to do that would you ever and and you do mc events i'm sure would you ever tell a nick saban joke or something or or try to impersonate him uh you know i don't do you know everybody does the eye uh thing mm -hmm. but i don't really do a uh, 
a Nick Saban impersonation. Never, I don't know that I ever really have. Maybe, maybe on a whim before. Uh, I've told a couple of stories uh, about him or with him in front of him, but no, it's uh, it's never. First of all, I'm I am an idiot, but not a complete idiot, so it would never be anything in a demeaning sense, whether it was in public or not. But uh, you know, I have told a couple of stories. Uh, in front of him before that I thought, okay, we're we're really rolling the dice right here, but not nothing too bad. Chris Stewart's our guest here on WNSP. All right, so let me ask you this: you being the celebrity and all, self-proclaimed quote-unquote celebrity. Yeah. Uh, so no, Kirby, unproclaimed, right. I think was my clarity there. Not, yeah, yeah. Not eligible for celebrity status. That that was my failed attempt at sarcasm. So uh, Kirby Smart and Georgia have declined an invitation to the White House. Uh, basically, they're just—they don't have the guys around campus right now. So that's uh, according to the report. I'm saying it's the White House. I don't care what your politics are. Go to the White House. Did you ever get the opportunity to go with Alabama when they went? I'm curious. No, and I would have gone regardless of who was in office. Yeah. And that's you know, look, there were there were those that didn't want to go when when uh, Trump was in office. There are those that don't want to go with with Biden. And uh, I, I'm with you. It's the, it's the presidency, it's the White House. It's not the person, it's the institution. And if I ever got that chance, you, you better believe I would go. Now, again, I, didn't, I never have made the cut uh, on that before, and that's okay. I had nothing to do with winning a national championship, so I shouldn't be a part of that. But it's, a, uh, it's something that if, if ever given the opportunity, then, then I would be excited about regardless of who occupies the Oval. Yeah, we were just taking an informal poll earlier today. If if any one of us was got, got a chance to go to the White House, what's the one item that you think you feel pretty comfortable lifting without getting noticed and taking out as a memento? I just didn't know if you had any thoughts on that topic. Uh, uh, zero, nada, negative. Because while I would love to see the Oval, I would not care to see Leavenworth. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm, I'm I'm good with just just observing. Like and not even a pin or a. Or a hand towel. We made the argument now. I mean, we we paid for a lot of what's in that White House. That's my taxpayer dollar. That pen or that that bath towel. That's mine. Oh, that's okay. Um, (laughs) I'll I'll let you do that, and I'll come visit. I'll write you a card. Yeah. But but I won't be in the cell next to you. Yeah. With your with your with your luck, there'd be video of Secret Service taking you down as you're running out the White House. I look, man. I watch too many. God, what was that great show that that ran for a, a few years? I went back and watched it on Netflix during the pandemic. It was the West it, Wing, it House of Cards. The, no, it wasn't the Oval, but it was uh, golly, drawing a blank on it. But anyway, I've I've, I've watched too much of that. Uh, too many things over the years. I I'm not. Uh, I ain't rolling the dice on that. I promise you. <laughs> Chris, this is more of on the announcing side of things, uh, which you've done quite a bit of, and um, we've we've seen some cases lately. It seems like we see them every week, where some high-profile announcer is getting suspended or grounded for something they say. John yeah. Anderson had to apologize to this National Hockey League player for. Uh, basically poking fun at his name. Uh, the Oakland A's announcer uh, got grounded for something he said. Have you ever been in that situation, you know, even when you were up and coming where 
you you didn't know you were off the air or said something or somebody said, hey, remember, Chris, you're, everybody can hear anything that you say even off the air, you know, when you take a commercial break? Yeah, yeah, we've had that, and thankfully I've never said anything that would be overly embarrassing. You don't want anything that you don't want, that you're not intentionally saying on air to come out over air, which, again, I hear the voice of Bill Duke in my head, who was my first professor at Montevallo and worked uh, gave me so many great opportunities when I was 18, 19, 20 years old. Uh, you know, you treat any mic as a live mic, and sometimes you don't even know there's a mic around in the case of some. And uh, it goes back to just being careful of what you say, but the expression there, but for the grace of God go I, uh, applies on many things. I, I do think, I think in some cases, I'm not talking about when you think you're all fair. But I do think in the case of um, things where you misspeak and you clearly had a slip of the tongue and there's no intent, but we're human. We make mistakes and you say things. There, there are many times where, uh, for, for lack of a better example, guys, where I've looked at blue and said red, okay? And, and you say the opposite, you go, boy, that was stupid, that was an accident, you clarify it. Um, those things are going to happen, and to, to punish somebody that clearly makes a, a honest human mistake with no malice intended, and, and they apologize for it as quickly as possible when they understand what was accidentally said. I think that's, I think we are, uh, I understand being placed at a high standard and I have no problem with that. There's a great responsibility. But guys, think about the number of words that you say in the course of a three to four hour radio show every single day. And we're supposed to say, you know, a lot of what we're compensated for and why we're chosen to do what we do is our ability to not only say scripted things well, but off the cuff. And it's, it's frankly frightening to think that you can be completely ruined and destroyed with one misstep, one misspoken word, but no ill intent whatsoever. I, you know, people that, that try, to be, uh, try to be controversial, that, that maybe um, are attempting to either be overly humorous or uh, just trying to be edgy, however you want to phrase it. That's one thing. But when someone clearly with no malicious intent makes a mistake and we absolutely ruin them, that's, that is something I have a real problem with, is, is bothersome to me and, frankly, to a degree, frightening. Chris, always appreciate it. All right, our guys in the uh, WNSP app have chimed in. Was it Designated Survivor, the show you were watching on Netflix? No, no, no. It was a presidential. It, it was a fictional deal. Um, but it, it was a presidential. It was all around the Oval. In fact, I always talked about the Oval. And it wasn't, I don't think, called the Oval. Um I'm just I'm drawing an absolute <laughs> blank, and it's bug it's gonna bug me all day. 
Well, you you just text you you text Lee tonight at like one thirty in the morning when it dawn when it when it hits you. He'll be up. He'll be up. Uh, I'm not texting Lee at one thirty in the morning. Chris, great stuff, man. We always appreciate it. Safe travels, man. We uh, we'll talk to Thank you soon. You guys. All right. I appreciate y'all. Take yeah. care. Uh, that's Chris Stewart. Uh, the voice of the Crimson Tide. Another one just came out. Uh, the Giants and the Eagles Christmas Day. Be there or be square. Lee can be both. We got another a bunch of them. Supposed to be three Christmas Day games. Yeah, they're coming out on Twitter. Uh, Bengals and Chiefs New Year's Eve ought to be a good one. And we mentioned five uh, international games. And Jacksonville have back-to-back consecutive weeks in London. First team in NFL history to accomplish that. Uh, We'll get to it all. Here comes your scoreboard, your traffic, your weather. Coming up at 8.30, we'll talk to uh, Richie Riley. I believe that's the plan. So stay with us right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Hey, this is David Morse of QB Country. When I'm in my car, I always have it tuned in to 105.5 WNSP, the sports station. just another bad note for Boston fans as Olsen homered in the four-run first inning for the Braves to beat Boston as up there in up in uh, Beantown the 76ers beat the Celtics mark this segment brought to you by Community Bank I'll sit in for Roy Hudson uh, the bank unlike any other and we've talked about their new location opening soon at Gulf Shores I did want to mention since we we try to follow up on blue maps and things like that we haven't gotten to that point yet with golf you heard John Ricchetti talk about it but some of the programs in this area that did extremely well at the uh, sub-states, uh, UMS Wright girls and boys were victors in sub-state and Gulf Shores boys in 5A. Uh, also, I uh, want to give a shout-out to somebody in the app earlier. The Daphne men's soccer team head out today to Huntsville for their soccer uh, Final Four against Dothan. It's third year in a row they're going to the state soccer Final Four. Uh, so uh, congrats and best of luck. Safe travels up that way. So. Uh, good times. Uh, you guys can jump in. 694-1055 NBA playoffs. NFL schedule's out. Uh, Kirby and the Georgia Bulldogs aren't going to the White House uh, for scheduling conflicts. I'm asking you guys, what item are you lifting from the White House to take as a souvenir? And is it really stealing if it's taxpayer money that goes to buying those sorts of things? Yes, it is stealing. I hate to tell you that, but it is. We need to get David Green on and see if I have a case. Well, if I can, Tuesday, if I can say next Tuesday, ask him. Yeah, and and I thought Chris is uh, he he'd rather not wind up in Leavenworth. Like <laughs> the reference there. Um, now again, my my point was, do they make accessible though little mementos as you're leaving? Like uh, here's a napkin, or here's a handkerchief, or here's a pan, or. <laughs> Here's a picture of Nick. Secret or Service like ripping a paper towel off the roll. Yeah. Thanks I for went coming. To the White House Thanks and for seeing. All I got was this napkin. Or yeah. you know, they give you a little card with a name on it. You know, anytime you want yeah, to like call. Maybe a little American flag pen or something. That's that's pro- that's I'm sure they do I that. We're thinking about it the wrong way. We're thinking about what can we take from there. Maybe we need to sneak something in, and we put it up there, and then it becomes you know part of American history, and people don't realize, hey. Who's, what president is that? And it's actually a photo of Lee Shervanian on the wall. Ooh, yeah. I 
don't like it. Wait, is that, get, that's just, just a little five by seven and stick it on a credenza in one of the eighteen hundred rooms in there. I like. All right. Okay. Let me see what president would I like to see my picture go up there and his come down. <laughs> I like. Okay. There's an official White House gift shop. Let's see what you could potentially get at the White House. A little like Joe Biden stuffed animal. You can get. <laughs> you can get White House White House ornaments. That makes sense. Um, the official White House gift shop ornament is twenty four ninety five. Maybe like a, a a Lincoln Memorial. You can get a coin with uh, President Trump's historic moments series. A hundred dollars. His historic. What's that to pay off his? Uh, Latest uh, court case. You get the President of the United States Air Force One Seal coffee mug, fourteen ninety five. How much money? Did you see how much money he owes in this court case to that female? Five, five mil. Yeah. So is that going to help pay it off? Maybe. Man, I, I got how some many people are going to the White House now to get that coin. Lee, I see. I got exactly what you could get from the White House. Here it is: the bomber summer weight. Flight jacket with the presidential eagle seal. Oh, neat. That sounds cool. I'd like that. Classic navy blue with the reversible oh, orange lining. Sign me up. Is it like a Top Gun style? Uh, eh, no, nah, not exactly. But for the low, low price of $135. Oh, that's nothing. I know. Money is no object nah, for you. No object on that. All right, Richie Riley's next. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station, WNSP and WNSP.com. That's just a drop in the bucket. Strap. It's the opening kickoff, Mark and Lee, right here on the Sports Station, WNSP and WNSP.com. A reminder, you can always be listening to us, Sound of Mobile app. That's right. Just download it to your phone and listen to Lee Shervanian to your heart's content. Did we ever find out what flavor chewing gum in that movie? Remember uh, Gene Hackman? It was Dentine. It was Dentine? Yeah. Okay. Richie Riley, he knows everything. Buddy. Yeah. Yeah. He knows everything about basketball. He's on <laughs> right now, the head coach of the University of South Alabama. <laughs> coach, good morning. How are you doing? Hey, doing good, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Well, you know, we have issues. We have things to talk about. So, uh, first of all, been a lot said uh, since Bronny James decided to go to Southern Cal. And down the road, LeBron keeps saying he wants to play with his son. I'm curious. I know you have the one son that plays golf, but I think you have another son that's involved in basketball. Would you like someday to be able to coach him on the college level? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I would be thrilled to coach my kids um, at, at this level. I enjoy coaching them now. I coach flag football, rocks flag football team, and, um, stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. I've talked to a lot of coaches about coaching their kids at this level. And, it, you know, it puts a strain on the relationship. 
and being being a dad is the most important thing, you know, to me out of anything that I do. So I, I don't want that. Now, if it was a special situation, you know, maybe if they really wanted to do it. I, I think there, I think there's a window of of where it works. I think it works if your son is, you know, there's no expectation for him to be good or for him to play. You know, he just you know, wants to be part of it, try to get better. I think that works okay. Or if your son is above and beyond the level that you're at, where he is by far the best player. I think, I think that that probably works. But anywhere in between, I think it, it makes it really tough on everybody. So that's not something I like dream of. Uh, I enjoy being their dad a lot more than I would their coach. I think. I think personality has a lot to do with it too. There's some guys that I've seen coach their kids where it's like oil and water, man. Like he'll he'll scream blue and the and the and the and the kid will be like, nah, bro, it's red. Like it just it just doesn't work. Like they're always at each other. So, but I've seen others where they work really well together. So I think it's more about personality more than anything. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think I think how you coach and your kids' personality, and I think I think that has a lot to do with it too. Um, you know, I'm pretty intense most of the time, so I I don't know that it would it would mesh great. But you know, if my if my kids or any of them are good enough to to play at this level one of these days, I guess it would be a good problem to have. Richie Riley joining us this morning. Okay, let's go to this now. Uh, Bronny goes to Southern Cal. Dennis Rodman's son is transferring to Southern Cal. Would you like to or would you embrace having the son of a very famous basketball player play for you? Uh, would you go out of your way to try to recruit them? I think, I think again, it comes down to their personality. You know, I think talking about the last thing, uh, it, you know, some of those guys, it's just different, man. You know, they've, they've been privy to things in their life that – you know, most people can only dream of, you know, so sometimes that shapes you as a person of who you are as a player, you know, how coachable you are, your expectation level, um, all those things go into it. So it would have to be the right situation. I don't feel like I'd be enamored by, you know, getting to coach, you know, a Hall of Famer son, but, you know, there's certainly, I, I said this, I said this years ago, so it's funny that you brought that up. It's, um, you could almost, if you had unlimited staff positions, you could just have somebody on staff that that scoured all former NBA players' sons at each age, find out where they are and how good they're. Because the percentage of those guys being really good is so high because of their genetics, man. You know, I mean, when you think about all of the players that have played in the NBA, their sons, like what they're doing now, and. Some of them are young kids now, and you're going to hear about them, I'm sure, as you go. But, you know, genetics genetics doesn't lie, man. You know, a lot of those guys end up being really good players, just like those two guys you just named. Well, I wanted to get to Bronny, though. I can only imagine. I mean, I don't remember LeBron in high school, though he was, gosh, on Sports Illustrated. He was going to be the next great thing, which he's turned out to be. But, I mean, the pressure of his son going to Southern Cal, especially in the shadow of where the Lakers play. I can only imagine, especially in this day and age of social messaging, like if he doesn't do this or that, I, I really feel bad for the kid in the sense that, yeah, he's been given a lot, but, I mean, he, he if he doesn't live up to what LeBron is, I can only imagine the pressure this kid is facing. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I feel bad for him. I root for him. I don't know him personally, but – I root for him because I, 
I can feel how how much pressure it is. You know, your dad is, you know, to me, you guys know how I feel about LeBron. He's the greatest player ever. And he's such a star, you know, not only on the court, but just his persona of who he is. And, you know, he's talking about him playing the NBA with him, and that that's pressure. But then every time you play, it's a huge crowd, and everybody's there to see you. And he's been doing it since he was young, probably since he was you know, 10, 11 years old all the way through. And um, I, I do think he's a good player. I think sometimes he gets underappreciated by, you know, random social media people because he's not LeBron. I mean, we, we may not ever see another LeBron, you know, and it's kind of unfair. And You know, you know what's a, another crazy stat is the guys that played in the league that were mega superstars, their kids are not really mega super. It's more like the guys that were like tough and gritty and like kind of roll dudes. <laughs> Their kids end up being better, which is, which is a weird thing. It's kind of like when you look at coaches in the NBA, the majority of your elite coaches weren't really good players. They may have played in the NBA, but they weren't stars. But isn't and, that because um, it kind of goes hand in hand? Isn't that because those are the grinders, though? Those are the guys that work. You know, the guys that were just okay and were, were serviceable that weren't megastars, though, those were the guys that had to work for what they got. That Not saying that the superstars didn't, but you grow up in that life. Like, it would have been really easy for Bronny just to sit back and say, hey, I'm LeBron James's kid, man. I got all this talent. I'm just going to cruise through this. As opposed to the guy who's got a kid that saw his dad get minimal minutes, man. He's going to go in that gym and he's going to work. Yeah, I think 100% that mentality. Yeah, that mentality. When you look at coaches, you know, you got Doc Rivers, who was really grimy and yeah. tough and played a long time in the league, and you got Steve Kerr and, you know, these guys, these guys kind of in that mold where it's a little bit tougher, man, for for guys that are, have been on that pedestal their whole life. And um, I think it's kind of the same with their kids, man. And um, it's funny, the two, I think anybody would agree with this, the two greatest players ever, you know, Jordan and LeBron, you know, I'm sure I'm sure somebody on here listening doesn't agree with that, but I think the vast majority of people would agree with that, whichever one you put one and the other one too. But both of their, their kids didn't like, like Bronny's like 6'3 or something, you know, and Jordan's kids were like that too. They're like six foot, six two. They just weren't as big. And it's a, you know, sometimes, sometimes you don't hit the complete lotto. You know, you know. Obviously, as LeBron's son, you'd love to be six eight, two forty, two fifty like him. But you know, sometimes it doesn't work out like that. You know, I didn't. I don't didn't follow Michael Jordan's son. I know he went to a couple of colleges. Or I I didn't. I don't. His career never really took off basketball-wise, and I, that's impossible to follow an icon like that. And then I remember the bio on Pete Maravich after he passed on his two sons. None of them. One son bounced around from one school to the next. Actually, was at Alabama for a while, but they never. You know, there's so much was expected. I mean, they weren't Pistol Pete. 
you know. And in baseball, Mark and I were talking about this. Some of the sons have superseded their dad. Ken Griffey Jr. had a better career than his dad. Barry Bonds had a better career than Bobby Bonds did. And there's a, a couple of others. But in basketball, I don't see how you possibly can live up to LeBron or even when Jordan's son was playing to, to duplicate the, uh, the feats that he did. No, you just, you know, you just can't, man. Um, it's, I mean, it's impossible to live up to those two guys. I mean, if, you know, I'm 40 years old, I would, I would be shocked if, if I witness another one, you know, like those two, maybe, maybe we will, there may be, there may be a two year old in his daycare right now, roaming around somewhere in America that ends up being better than both of them. I don't know, but well, it's, it's rare. It's rare to see what those guys have done and you know i'll say this is a little bit you know taking it off topic but i mean if you're not a lebron fan you need to stop and you don't have to be a fan but you need to appreciate what you're watching right now that that dude's almost my age and he's out there still dominating the nba and he's, he's on pace here to go to the western conference finals and i like their chances in that to get to a final and and he's just still playing at such a high level. We'll, I don't think we'll ever, ever, ever see anything like that again to play at this high a level for this many years at the age that he is now. Well, you know, so we're sitting here talking about athletes and their sons, and to me that's what makes even, like, the Mannings even that much more impressive. I mean, there's Archie Manning, who was an elite quarterback on a crappy team for years, right? But in college he was outstanding. and He got, he got to the NFL, he was outstanding. So not only does he have one kid that plays – NFL quarterback he's got two and now their kids are playing it's it's like talk about winning the genetic lottery I don't I don't know what it is but I want some of it no you're right you're right it was it's it's probably the most successful a whole family has been I would imagine as far as being that elite and you know I feel like Archie was was really good on a bad team, oh, you know, yeah. like you talked about. But the air of when he played, he wasn't that out there, you know. So the pressure on Peyton, true. I feel like Eli had more pre- Eli had more pressure than Peyton because he was the baby and he's following Peyton, and he was more following Peyton than he was his dad. And now you go all the way down to the, you know, the kid at at Texas, and now he's living that. Yeah, even more pressure than than they yeah, were, and yeah. it's just like it's a lot, man. I mean, I can't imagine the kid down here, you know, what he's going through, the type of pressure he has on every throw that he makes. There's cameras everywhere. I mean, it's got to be exhausting. Richie, you've covered a lot of ground, which I'm going to get into, but with your own sons now, did you? Did you push them into basketball, or did I know your one son's doing very well in golf? So obviously you didn't push him too hard into basketball. That he's gravitated to another sport, and that and I've often wondered about the, you know, and again reading bios and coaches and their sons and and you know obviously the sons gravitate to the sport that their dad's involved in. But how did it work in your family? They're really basketball oriented because they're around it all the time. Um, you know, they're up here a lot in the gym, around their guys. They're obviously at all the games. They see basketball on TV all the time when they're from the time they're a little bitty baby. It's like Rushman, my two year old, he sees it all the time and he 
shoots all the time. You know, just kind of they gravitate towards that because I do that. Um, but I don't ever, you know, push it on them. If they want to play, they can play. If not, they, you know, I don't really care. You know, it's and some some guys are different about that. Reese, when he was young, he was a hoops junkie. Like he worked out every day for you know, an hour or two from the time he's probably four to six. I mean, he incredibly skilled. Like, <laughs> he, he was an incredibly skilled basketball because he worked at it all the time. Um, but then he took up golf, and, you know, basketball kind of took a back seat. He still plays, but he's he's a pretty special golfer. So, he's and he, and he loves it. He's got a passion for it. Rock's still trying to figure it out. He – he Rock still says he wants to play in the NBA, so he's still got that hoop stream. You know, Reese used to that's all Reese used to talk about. And now Reese wants to play on the tour. That's his dream. So I think I think Rock will probably figure out his passion in the next couple of years of what he really, really wants to do. But yeah, I don't ever push it on them. I want them to I want them to love what they love and you know, as long as they're passionate about something, it doesn't even have to be sports but you know, but I do think it's important as as you're growing up to be chasing something and be passionate about something. And, you know, I'm lucky all my kids are kind of shaping into that. So it's going to be, it's going to be a fun ride, man. That's again, that's the funnest thing that I do. And the most important thing I do is being a dad. He's a flag football coach, uh, Richie Riley. All right. So give me your bread and butter flag football play. And does your wife, Jess question you're coaching in flag football more or less than your abilities to stalk the uh, the basketball court. No, she can't because I'm like, I'm not only am I the coach, but I'm also the quarterback. I'm like Pat Mahomes of flag football in in Mobile. Like, oh, I think I, I know where I you let, play. Let I did league, that. Let the league in touchdown passes. Um, just you know, just out there dealing, man. You know, just and. You know, I like I like to get a little tricky, man. We mix in a lot of fakes. Yeah. Um, we love to send guys, you know, behind the line like a fake reverse. Yes. And it's kind of like a read option for me. Like, you know, as they come around, if I see something, I'll stick it. They'll keep it. If not, I'll pull it out, and then we're passing. Um, but a lot of misdirection. <laughs> and I had I had a blast last year. It was it was really fun. I've done like that. Five year old. Yeah. It, and all you need is one or two greyhounds, man, and it's a whole – it's a game changer on those fakes. They all fall for the fakes. But I've done the same thing you're talking about. It was probably the most fun I ever had coaching. No, it was by far so much so much more fun than, than me out here on the sidelines. <laughs> you... From November from November to, to March, it was uh, – I, I had a blast, man. And You know, it, it's good, too. It's really good because I – I get out there as my middle son, Rock, and, you know, we spend so much time with Reese on his golf. Um, Rock played baseball this year. He did great. He's, he's a really good baseball player. But we, it, it gives, you know, me and Rock an opportunity to really get out there and dive into something. Because um, Rock's out there on the golf course with us, too, but Reese is three years older than him, and He's playing in tournaments every weekend and high-level golf, so it makes it a little hard for a six-year-old sometimes. So we we have a blast, man. We're already talking about it. We'll get kicked up here in about two or three weeks when they start. So we're we're pumped to get it going. Have you set a goal of playing quarterback at least through the age of 45, maybe a little bit longer than Tom Brady? 
Yeah, because I got Rush man too, you know. So I'm gonna get I'm gonna get outlast Brady. He's rushes too, so as he gets into his flag football, hopefully he wants to play. I hope one of my kids though, I really do. I hope this. I hope one of my kids wants to play like real football because I love football. I would love if one of them had developed a passion and wanted to play like some real like tackle football as they got older. That would that would re- that would be the grand slam, man. If my oldest plays golf all the time and he's going on this journey trying to do that, then if one of the you know I think they'll all probably hoop, but if somebody takes hoops real serious and then the other ones takes football real serious, that would be that'd be the grand slam for me, man. All I, right. I would be really happy. Uh, we wish you the best. I'm gonna warn you though. Do not get picked off in your flag football league. I've seen it happen. It's it's a tough gig. It's it's great when you're dropping dimes and scoring touchdowns, but when you're throwing picks against five year olds, it comes back at you. You're gonna get a lot of trash talk. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Don't let it happen, Richie. Eat it. Throw it away. Go to the next play. Do not force it in there. No, you don't. You know my mentality is like I coach my guys. No turnovers, man. We don't. We don't turn the ball over. So I, I, I'm not taking any chances. Yeah, because I'm only, only, only high percentage throws. Yeah, well, I'm not going to let you hear the end of it if I find out that you threw a pick in a five year old league. I'm just saying. <laughs> Richie, our, I know only, we're run- only touchdown. I know we're running out of time. Our other big issue today: uh, if you had that opportunity to go to the White House, no matter who was in office, would you jump at the opportunity to go with a team? I feel like I would want to do that. I, I, I genuinely do. I feel like I, I think that's an opportunity I would not want to pass up. Um, you know, I, I know there's a lot of based on whichever side you're on. There's a lot of no political, but it's at the end of the day, you know, I'm a believer that, you know, I'm a believer that we have our issues here. Obviously there's a lot of them that we're dealing with, you know, in, in our country, but I'm a firm believer. We live in the greatest country that there is. And um, so an opportunity to go to the white house and whoever the president is and, you know, have your team experience that and, you know, just just show show an appreciation for 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 our country and being able to go do that. So yeah, I would I would love to do that. You know, and obviously obviously if I did that, it would mean I won a national championship. So I would I, I would be I would be on cloud nine. I've been to D.C. before, but never to the White House. I've seen the outside of it, but yeah, I'm I'm in I'm in the the side of like I would love to do that. I know I've seen there's been a lot of people turn it down recently, but I think it's more schedule conflicts. You'll never know yeah. if you don't, if you're not privy to inside information. But I feel like it's more schedule conflicts than, than people just not going. Richie, enjoyed it as always, man. We'll do it again soon. Uh, have a great uh, weekend. We'll be in touch. Thanks, fellas. Always enjoy it. Yep, that's uh, Richie Riley, ladies and gentlemen. One final segment, a short one. Here on the opening kickoff, we'll set the table for the rest of the day, give you a sneak peek into tomorrow. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station. Hello, this is artist Daniel A. Moore. You are listening to WNSP Sports Radio. Closing up shop here. Want to thank everybody for uh, hanging with us here on the opening kickoff. What's in store tomorrow? 
Mr. Trevanian. Well, as you know, it is very, very rare to get an opportunity to talk to an Alabama assistant football coach. We but will, we will have one on tomorrow. What? Eight o'clock. Be listening. Uh, Eli Gold uh, will be joining us. Paul Feinbaum. Also, Ian Thompson will talk some NBA with us. So I, we've got a pretty good show lined up for tomorrow. So we're just going to let it linger out there as to Absolutely. which coach it is? Yes. All right. But it's a current Alabama oh, assistant. Oh, yeah, current. A coordinator. A coordinator? Yeah. Wow. It took some doing. On what side of the line of scrimmage? <laughs> That's something you'll just have to pay attention to tomorrow. Oh. You'll be the one getting in touch with them. And hopefully make it happen. You're the one tasked with getting in touch with him. But can he do it? Can he give know. us the triple G guarantee that we will have this guy on the air? I don't think I don't no, think he I can. I don't I think anybody can do that. that. Not with might be a wrong number. <laughs> Who knows? No, that's true, too. <laughs> I mean, Nick over there be, you know, chomping down on his McDonald's apples and sipping that chocolate milk. That's right. Also, I'll give him a plus on the apples. They're good. The, the oh, that's a great apples. snack yeah, in the morning. I got one pack left. Lee, you want it? I ha I'll bring my own in tomorrow. I, I don't want to yeah. deprive you of that opportunity because they're really healthy and they're you very good. You are the one that got them for free, after all. You did? Good for you. Thanks. Well, you got them at a uh, re reduced price right. so that you could get that. Part uh, of a promotion. Yeah. If you ever went to the White House and, hey, as you're leaving, here's some... Apples. apples. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad idea. Here's, here's some packaged apples for you. I'm amazed that they stay so fresh because I know we've had a few in our house, Nick. And, and two days later, they're still fresh. I can't get over that. What do they put on them? They, they, they put some sort of lemon juice or some sort of... Do they? Yeah. All right. Acidic juice of they some don't type. tastes very lemony. Yeah. It's probably a good thing. Sometimes, like, the idea of, like, biting an apple kind of, like gives me goosebumps a little bit like that texture and that sound it's almost like nails on a chalkboard a little bit really like it's like like oh. you know what i'm I, I can't describe the sound and the feel but can dude, you you're picturing it in your head and like can you describe it as a comparison of hubie brown calling an nba game wow um, that was a little random no i don't know if see I could. put my write this down we got an idea for tomorrow Mo most irritating sounds ever book it and oh yeah, an Alabama coordinator.